Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure. Run fast on Raw Dog. Raw Dog. Sirius XM Comedy Hits. Channel 99. Buddies, it's the Ron and Fez Show. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Much to get to today, including the comedian Michael Ian Black will be stopping by on today's program. Uh, telephone lines are open, though, for your phone calls. And uh, I can't believe this is already day five of the new show. And we're looking at the best weekend in uh, professional football. This weekend gives you four big games, um, pretty much nonstop loser goes home action. And we will give you our picks in just a moment, along with the sports writer, Jerry Barca. Uh, but if you want to get in on this, it's 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Also, up on the iBang, um, your chance to go over and vote on the best Christmas uh, pictures. They're all up there. Big, big prize we have for that, Fez. That is Bad Santa, signed by Billy Bob Thornton, the Damn. Academy Award winner. That's uh, one I'd love to have myself. That is a uh, that's a Christmas movie I never forget about. There's Jerry Barker online with us. Jerry, I think it's the best football weekend all year long. What do you think? You are absolutely correct. That's what I think. It, it, it is the best. And this is a tough weekend for Jerry because you just lost your mentor, Bill Conlon, the man who taught you not only about sports writing but child care down there in South <laughs> South New Jersey. Uh, for people around the country, Bill Conlon was a writer for the Bulletin in Philadelphia, beat writer uh, also for the Daily News, followed all the sports, really well-respected uh, sports writer, was one of the initial guys on the sports reporters, and then somewhere in his mid-70s, just a ton of people came up and said they were molested by him, uh, right around the time of the, the uh, Sandusky thing. Unlike Sandusky, he had a little time in between it, so he could just say, this is, I don't want to deal with this. He retired and sat in Largo, Florida until his kidneys gave out. Um, how are the people in South Jersey and Philly dealing with his loss? Do they know where to put it, Jerry? Uh, they really, it's interesting, they don't, especially the people that grew up, the generation of people that grew up with him and read him before the internet, before nonstop sports. 
he was their guy, and they literally don't know what to do with it. He was a man of the community. He graduated from Temple down in Philly. And it's interesting. They don't know where to put it, especially because of the bizarre way he just kind of took off from town. The people came out with the allegations. The Philly Inquirer ran a story about it. And he was out and said, look, I'm, I'm innocent. I'll prove my innocence. And then... He was gone to Florida. Nobody heard from him. And then the last thing you heard about it was his attorney said, yeah, the statute of limitations, you know, they can't bring any criminal charges. We're done here. So it's this bizarre. We expect, I think, that this guy would have defended himself since he said he was innocent. But who knows? Even some of these people. He was a loudmouth and whatnot on TV. Yeah. But he was... In, in a good way, in, in an entertaining good way that he needed to be. I, I got news know. for you. I sat near the guy at spring training games all the time, and they had put up a, the Phillies had put up something near his seat that said Whale Beach, and he had to sit uh, above it. And then anytime, any, if he was eating popcorn or a hot dog or something, you could see people trying to edge it so they that they could take a picture of him with that. I, I always thought he was an embarrassment on sports reporters, too. I was always embarrassed about him being a Philly guy. But uh, the thing about, you know, there's some people saying, hey, he was never convicted, blah, blah, blah. Some of these people were family members, and if you feel like there's that kind of weird misunderstanding, if you're innocent, you have to say, I want to sit down with everybody and go over this and work it out because you're obviously hurting, is what you would say to people you cared about. And really, he just went, locked himself into his fucking condo, um... And then his uh, kidneys flushed out. So he couldn't look more guilty, right, Jerry? Yeah, that's absolutely the truth. And it is interesting, though, that people don't want to, you know, you listen to the the people down in Philly, some of them do not want to deal with this. Younger people are like, ah, he's a scumbag. It's totally generational. Younger person, he's a scumbag. Yeah, but there's also a lot of people that don't even want to deal with that in their family. You know what I mean? That they'd rather just go, this is such an unpleasant thing, I just don't want to think about it. And they, you know, go away. And even, you know, at some point, he could have just sat down with those people and, you know, made amends, even if there was no statute of limitations, you know? He could have done something to say, if I've hurt you, I'm, you know, I'm sorry this was me, or if you feel like you're so innocent, here, let's go over your memory, because obviously... You're you're freaked out by something, but you, as a human being, make some kind of move. Uh, but anyway, that's behind us. Let's, uh, you know, he's going to fucking go to his grave, and who knows who fucking shows up to see him. But uh, big football weekend. Uh, what's the game you're most looking forward to, Jerry? I think the best football game, the one that is going to be hard to pick, and I, uh, is going to be Carolina and the 49ers. I agree. I, think I just think that one's going to be terrific, and you don't you don't know how that one's going to break. Well, I haven't given Carolina any respect this year, mainly because I haven't watched enough of them. But I mm-hmm. cannot picture these guys beating the 49ers. I can't make that up in my head. The, who's, who's picking Panthers? Chris Stanley. I have a good feeling with the Panthers. I'm taking the Panthers. They're going to shut down Colin. Colin Kaepernick's going to have to throw. This is going to be a, a it's going to be a low-scoring game. B, Colin Kaepernick's going to have to throw to win this because they're going to shut down the fucking run game. 
Um, so, yeah, but there's also the run game. A big part of the run game is fucking Kaepernick taking <laughs> off. That opens up the fucking passing thing. When you watch passing, here comes fucking Gore. Fez, who's going to win this game? The San Francisco 49ers will win this game. Close game or? Uh, yeah, yeah, under by three. Well, that's close. Um, let's go over to the kid, Shelby Lynn, who's going to win this game? It's going to be the San Francisco 49ers in this game. And it's not going to be close at all. I like your attitude. (laughs) You know what? You're not fucking, you're going in deep. You're not some, you're not tiptoeing to this. Uh, Jerry Barker, who are you picking? I think it's a game where any single play, because it's going to be so low scoring, is going to turn the outcome of the game. Be a man and and pick. (laughs) (laughs) I got all these superlatives and whatnot. Uh, I'm going with the 49ers. That's all you had to say. That's all you had to say. So it's everybody lined up against Chris Stanley. Chris Stanley, if this comes through... Then you're a champion. That's right. A fucking winner. Then you you turn around and you say to your co-workers, look at me. I'm wearing the fucking the, the, the crown of pride. This can't I'm above Jersey. you all. I'm going to get you a pair of stilts to walk around <laughs> because I want you to be taller than everyone because you had the balls to bet it. Look, the Panthers are plus one. The Lions plus one. Panthers plus one at home. I mean, that's, that's a pick. You've had a fucking Cam Newton erection. <laughs> For fucking three years. He just he just came on the scenes. He's Superman. <laughs> Who doesn't love Superman? This is his third year, right? Uh, Yeah, third year. Great rookie year, terrible sophomore year, and now he's back having a, another fucking terrific year. So, uh, And Jerry's right. The line is so fucking tight on this, but, you know, you got to be a man and bet. I think the other possible upset weekend... Colts going up to New England to play Brady and a bunch of guys in blue shirts that are around the great man. (laughs) Jerry Barka, who wins this game? I think opposite than the Niners and the Panthers, this is a game where no lead is safe. Both these quarterbacks have been coming back on teams all year. Belichick is going, if they win, they're in their eighth conference championship game in 14 years with Belichick as a coach. I'm saying... Patriots and Tom Brady. I'm taking the better looking of the two quarterbacks. I don't know. That's More attractive? Like yeah. this. <laughs> this has got very gay on us. I mean, I know. Very, look very has quickly. The, look has that weird beard, but still. It is a weird beard, and there's no defending it. There's seriously, most of the time, if someone bitches about someone's beard, I will say, look, let them look like they want to look, but this is a neck beard. You have to know if you're attempting to grow a beard, this isn't one that works. If you get patches or a neck beard, you just got to bail out. You don't have any defense. It's horrifying looking. It looks like there's a swamp underneath his fucking neck. It also looks like he's going to help somebody put up a barn. It just does. (laughs) under his jersey up in New England. All right, so you're picking the Patriots. Chris Stanley, degenerate gambler, yeah. already taking a long shot. Where are you going on this? Uh, give me the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Tom Brady. Colts? Colts. Colts. He, fa- he, fa- he flounders. I mean, it's it's just he's had this this weird cast around him. It's just it, there's it can't they can't keep it up. Is this an anti Tom Brady thing? Since you and Eastside Dave went viral that time? <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Uh. Shelby Lynn. Tom Brady will come out victorious once again, downing Andrew Luck and his cringy fedora-wearing beard. Okay. 
fedora-wearing beard? How can the beard wear a fedora? He looks like he should be wearing a fedora. You know the guys that wear that now? They wear like the... Are you saying like a hipster shorts. thing? Not even that. Yeah. Like a cringy pseudo-nerd type now. <laughs> should be at Comic-Con, I'm saying. I don't think that a fedora should ever be a nerd thing, and I know that it's attacked. But, you know, that's fucking 30s gangster. I'm not going to hand that over to the nerds, even if they wear it wrong. In recent years, the fedora's gotten attacked hardcore. All right, Shelby Lynn uh, going, and this guy seems to, you know, he's a traditionalist, Shelby. Fez Watley, the hated Colts, or Tom Brady, and a bunch of other guys. It's a big spread, big time Tom Brady covers it against the Colts in New England. You're saying just a romp. Just a romp, yeah. Just a, just kicking their teeth in, fucking shit fest. The Colts were all done having to come back that far against Kansas City. Are you saying by halftime we're going to be doing beers and bumps? <laughs> that way, you know, already spending that money? It's that locked up. What is it about when you're up at halftime, you suddenly have to buy fucking drinks for everybody at your table? Because the future is so beautiful. That's why. It's because you don't view fucking one money as money. You know what I mean? It's just trash money to you right off. Yeah, you're letting it rain. Spend uh, it. I'm rooting against the Colts. Just like the Panthers, I think they got to prove themselves before I start giving them these kind of uh, picks. And until Dallas Cowboys improve... The Indianapolis Colts are my most hated team. I hate their owner. I hate the fact that they moved out of fucking Baltimore years ago. Uh, I hate the way they treat it. Uh, Peyton Manning. I'm glad to root against the Colts. I enjoy the fact that I have a game to root against them. Uh, having said that, there's a real good chance they could win this one. <laughs> but Chris Stanley, once again, will he be in the gutter or on stilts come Monday? Come on. T.Y., Hilton, Andrew Luck. It's going to fucking blow up. Donald Brown. Were, were you just sitting there like doing a little rap? Or a, almost like a junior high school cheer. That got really gay really fast. Go Colts. Why do you say I Colts? I him doing the T.Y. dance or something as he's saying that. Seriously. That Hilton. was effeminate. T.Y. Hilton's the future. Randy Marshall. you were even like drumming along with it in just the gayest way. Uh, before we move on, do we got the fuck Tom Brady song that we could just give a shout out to? A man that's on hiatus uh, and took a shot at America's sweetheart, Tom Brady, when everybody thought Brady was going to go in and get revenge against the Giants. This is Eastside Dave. And who's all on this, Chris? This You're is a part of it. Eastside Dave, myself. Roy Harder and Sean O from the Davy Mac Sports Program uh, podcast on Riotcast.com. They put this together. You can listen to them. They're also they'll be back on Sirius. They're on hiatus right now. But this was before the last uh, Giants uh, Colts Super Bowl, which uh, Dave went and slept and had a nice nap during that game. But he rose up against Tom Brady when no one else did. It's Giants time in the Super Bowl. Eli Manning and Antrell Rose gonna win, yeah, dominate, baby, gonna fuck the shit out of Tom Brady, that's right, Lawrence Times kicking in your face, yeah, Tom Coughlin, give it some bass, Bob Dylan said, gonna fuck the shit out of Tom Brady, tickle me Elmo, no tackle me O.C., Belichick, Brady, all pussy and pussy, Giants Cape Fear, Eli's Max Katie, gonna ruin your mood, badly Tom Brady, Get down, Roy Schaefer. Come on. 
subscribe on iTunes, Daddy, and listen on Sirius XM. Wyclef John is from fucking Haiti, gonna fuji your shit. Tom Brady, pirate says, ahoy, matey, gonna watch the plague and fuck you, Tom Brady. With the Giants, Damn Coleman is 80, fucking dagger your ass, Tom Brady. Woo! Yeah, standing back sports program, you know what time it is. That's a beautiful song. It's become dated, though. Most of those guys are on the Giants anymore. Well, that's... Still, there's no way to make, you know... The Super Bowl shuffle is dated. Chris, this is what happens. Sports are is a temporary thing. Hoping so much for a third rematch. Yeah, you're going to need it. You're going to need it. Uh, here's uh, Tom in California. Tom, go ahead, buddy. Chris, quit betting the Colts. Quit betting the Colts. Go Colts. They're uh, going to romp it, baby. Can we just say something? We're men of science. Don't we believe that a curse is impossible? Not just because of fucking bad luck schleprock. I don't think I don't think that he could curse you. And seriously, this guy's a Colts fan. They've had one bad season in 15 or whatever it is. Come on. They've only won one Super Bowl in 15 too, buddy. Jason, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Run and Fez, Pep. Hey guys, uh, I just want to let the new fish know that uh, Pepper Hicks is a curse. He's a must. He picked my Detroit Tigers to constantly win the World Series. They, they didn't. It's all Hicks' fault. So if he picks your team, bet the opposite, become rich that way. I picked the 49ers in my Super Bowl pool at work. I got lucky and picked them, and now he's picking them to win. Thanks, Hicks. I'll lose again. Hey, people seem to forget I called the World Series socks and six. People forget about that. NBA championships two years ago, Heat and Five called it. So they uh, look. Look, I'm not exactly totally wrong. All no, the time. you're two out of a thousand. <laughs> I uh, do though think didn't Hicks jump off the Cam Newton bandwagon this he, season? Oh yeah, I he was done with him. Propelled him to his greatest pro season, a first round buy in the playoffs. And look at him now, jumping back on the Cam Newton bandwagon Superman. just uh, in time for the Panthers to lose. Okay, Jerry Bark, I was going to let you free with this, but you were the biggest jinx in the history of NFL playoffs. <laughs> you, you had a run. Was that a year ago or two years ago? Two years ago. Th- that was the worst that anyone's ever had in their life. I, I want you to know, I seriously was why, like, Atlanta was playing Seattle, and I don't even remember what I picked, but I was sweating at the end of that game, like, I have to win one of these. I have His? to win one of these. And then, I, of course, I'd be getting ripped on Twitter like no other. Yeah. I was taking it personal. It was bad. It was a bad time for me emotionally. You know, he was such a jinx. I was walking with him down the street. In Manhattan, and he walked past a pregnant woman, and she miscarried oh right on the street. And I'm like, I gotta <laughs> bet the opposite of him. It yeah, was, it was awful. Uh, G-Man, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie B. Yeah. Unfortunately, you do not sound like a million bucks, my friend. Nah, I'm still fighting the off the cold. Fucking, the only fucking person in that studio today that's talking sober is Chris Pepperhick Stanley, picking my Panthers, baby. <laughs> See, you're feeling good about it. Uh, G-Man, you got every right to go in feeling good about it, but I want to get to this a little later on uh, after we do the, 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 the picks. What do you think about Ric Flair turning on you? Ric Flair's dead to me. I know a lot of people in North Carolina are mad, about, mad at him, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. Here's Pat in Boston. Pat, you're on the yeah, Run of Fest show. Trash it. Smash yeah. that song. That's a hit. David Mack, man. Pepper Tuna Can Cock. 
Love it, Dad. Fuck Tom Brady, and I'm from Boston. Woo! But here's the thing. I don't know if you can call something a smash if it's been out for a couple years. It's already, you know, you can't do a smash or trash. It's not going to be like, I'm going to play Hey Jude right now. Give me a smash or trash on it. This is already a bona fide hit. It's classic. It's already being played on classic stations. Yeah, YouTube Gold. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's being played uh, everywhere except for on the ONA channel on the weekends right now. Yeah. Hiatus. Hiatus. Vacation hiatus. You know. Hiatus. Hiatus. Uh, what's the next big game that you're excited about, Jerry? Well, I think uh, Chargers-Broncos. Uh, really? I think this one, there's a lot on the line there. I think people got to forget about where what San Diego's record was during the season. They've won basically five do-or-die games in a row. They've beaten the Broncos. They've you know held the Broncos to their lowest offensive outputs this year. I think it's very, very interesting game. Um, and, and, and I think the spread is too big. I think it's something like uh, Broncos minus nine and a half. I think that spread is way too big for a team that's facing like a deja vu where they lost to a hot Ravens team last year. So you're telling us home. that you're picking uh, Chargers in this game. No, I'm de- to win outright, um, I would take the Broncos with the. I would, but I'm definitely would take nine and a half points with the Chargers. All right, so win outright, Broncos, but Chargers cover. Chris Stanley, what do you think? The choke master general Peyton Manning is not going to be able to deal with the San Diego Chargers defense. They figured them out. We saw that what four weeks ago, whatever week sixteen, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, they figured them out. They shut them down. Peyton. You're going you're going down again. This is sad. And then he's, he's not going to get into the Super Bowl ring. Chargers, they went out right. You're such a jinx, though. It's almost like Jerry Barker and the Saratoga Chick had a baby. <laughs> uh, Shelby Lynn, I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. What? Uh, it's not the fucking game. I'm sorry, I was fixing Broncos. something with the phone. No, what's that? I was uh, dealing some with the phones. They're good now, but yeah, and that one, the flu- no, you're you're done. Uh, what do you got? Peyton is going to have to sweat his way through this, but he ekes by and gets barely past the Chargers. Well, you guys are drunk. It's uh, Broncos. All right, then it's Seattle, Green Bay. Who you got? Seattle Saints. Seattle Saints. Oh, Seattle Saints. I forgot. Uh, Drew Brees is not going to do is not going to do shit against the Seattle Seahawks defense. Give me the Seahawks all day long. They're minus seven and a half. Everybody's for the Seahawks. Seahawks romp uh, against New Orleans once again in Seattle. All right, let's get over into this story though, because I think um, this is the most interesting story all weekend, and way more than Jay Gruden getting the job because we'll have no idea of how he's going to do. I can't stand the people acting like it's a bad fucking call. Or it's a good call. You got a guy who's never coached before. We'll see what happens. But if uh, you look down at North Carolina, they had Ric Flair almost as an unofficial mascot. They do the woos on, you know, big plays, big hits. They'll give them woos. And he flies out uh, a week ago. When uh, San Francisco went into Green Bay and gave a pep talk to San Francisco, and then knowing that they're playing the the Panthers the following week, people are like, "Well, are you back with your Panthers now?" And he's like, 
I am following San Francisco all the way. Now, what kills me about this story is that we have no idea why. We're not told that money changed hands or someone in North Carolina said something wrong to him. You know what I mean? Like, we can't even see the smoking gun here. And I'm going to ask Jerry Barker first. Is this the lowest thing a man could do? I would typically say that. But we are talking about the nature boy. I mean, doesn't he get to have a heel turn like this? But it is a heel turn. A heel turn so bad that nature boy is not showing up at the game because there's death threats against him. And by the way, if you're ever going to take your sport too seriously, this would be the time. You know what I mean? I would not have a problem with this if for years he was a big 49ers fan or his kid or nephew was playing on the Niners. But as far as we can see, there's no reason for this. I didn't see anywhere where the Panthers had invited Ric Flair, who they supposedly idolize, into their locker room. They could have had him every game as long as they'd been in the league. They do the woos. They ha- they play his stuff. They they put him up on the big screen. He's a part of that. I remember I was living down in South Florida and there uh, during the year that the Marlins were making a run, 97, and there was this skinny little kid called Muscle Boy, and he would like stand up on the back of the dugout and act like he was Hulk Hogan, and he weighed like 40 pounds. He had these tiny little arms, and everybody would go crazy, and it would be a big seventh inning thing. And then the fucking Cleveland Indians bought him and <laughs> took him up to Cleveland. And everyone in South Florida hated that little kid. And his dad was like, yeah, but he, um, he gave us, they gave us money and they flew us up to Cleveland. And I was like, fuck you. And I was like, it's a good lesson for the kid. You can't turn on your local team like that. You have to go back there. Um Here's uh, Bruce. Bruce, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I grew up in, in North Carolina, and the thing is, is you, we all know Ric Flair is a professional heel, so I feel like he planned this, but he didn't get the wrestling pop. He got the football fan pop, and it backfired on him. You know, wrestling fans would have fucking loved it, but football fans, they ain't going to go for that shit, dude. But he didn't even do it in a wrestling way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he did not come out and do a, you know, North Carolina, I gave and you took from me. He's not even making it fun. He, he's just saying, no, I'm, I'm with the Niners on this. I really feel like the guy's going to go all the way. He is stepping out of his persona. Uh, I can't think of anything fucking worse. I, I, Ronnie, what if what if Rocky Balboa? The only thing worse would be if like Rocky Balboa, Sly Stallone was in the Cowboys. It's box. a really good point. If Stallone, who's not officially connected with the Eagles, if he ever showed up against the Eagles, that fucking town would tear that statue down, meld it down, turn it into bullets, and shoot him and, and poor Frank Stallone. It's, um, you cannot, you know, I like the Nature Boy too, but you cannot, under any circumstances, forgive, <coughs> forgive uh, anyone who, <coughs> excuse me, there's <coughs> smoke in the studio. <coughs> it's the Nature Boy! Let's go!
listen up. This is the Nature Boy. Woo! Woo! So, the Fat Boys, Pinheads, and Trailer Park debutantes of Charlotte, North Carolina have a problem with the Nature Boy. Woo! Woo! Hanging with the five-time world champion San Francisco 49ers. Well, Charlotte, when it comes to cities, who did you think I was going to pick? It's the fabulous Golden Gate Bridge versus the overpass by the Food Lion off of 485. It's dining at a world-class restaurant at Fisherman's Wharf versus having some tuna helper at the Charlotte VFW. It's the San Francisco quarterback legacy of Brody, Montana, and Young versus that Carolina clown car filled with Wacky, DeLome, and Clausen. Woo! Those are quarterbacks. That's my law firm. And now, you want to turn on me? You think you can threaten the nature boy? By all that's holy on God's green earth, I will burn that second-rate flea market you call a city to the ground. I built that city. Every <coughs> everything you've got... <coughs> It's because of me! You Carolina, you want to try to walk that out? I'm bringing Colin Kaepernick, tattooed from head to toe, and still has less ink than most housewives in Charlotte. Carolina Panthers, to be the man, you have to beat the man. And in the NFL, the Niners are the man. Just like the Rod of Fez show, they are limousine riding, Learjet flying, wheeling dealing, kiss stealing, sons of a gun. And this Sunday, we go to school. Carolina, your teachers are going to be the Niners, the badass Ron Bennington, the, ro <coughs> the road dog Fesbury Watley, and by God, the nature boy. Whoa. And you may not like it, but you will learn to love it. Why? Bottom line, we are the best thing going today. Woo! Whoa. Woo! Woo! There's the nature boy, everybody. A sickly, elderly nature boy. Oh. All right. Talk. Take a break. Break now to call a nurse. Woo. Woo. Uh, coming up very very soon. It's unmasked, unmasked, and Chris Stanley. This is a classic. Uh, stopping in to do unmasked with us is the one and only David. Steinberg, David Steinberg, who has done the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson more than 130 times, was also the youngest person to ever guest host the show, as well as um, being one of the biggest comedy directors uh, 
in Hollywood. And is also doing somewhat of a version of Unmasked on Showtime now, where he sits down. I forget the name of the show, uh, but he sits down with very funny people. Inside comedy. Inside comedy and does it. So very few people have as much insight into comedy as this, but this is the first Unmasked of 2014. You want to be there for the history of it all. This is Unmasked 2014, the first in uh, Raw Dog history. And I believe we're going to do this as a live Unmasked. No, we're not going to do that as a live Unmasked? This this will not be live, no. Okay. (laughs) I thought he was doing it during the show. So forget that part of history. Uh, So head on over to the interrobang.com. That's the iBang. Dot com, uh, your chance to get tickets to Unmasked for the one and only David Steinberg. David Steinberg, very, very funny man, and knows more about comedy than anyone else. But this is the first time we're doing this exclusively as a raw dog show and the first of 2014. Uh, it's going to lead to some amazing. Unmasked this year, so make sure that you're a uh, part of um, that crowd. Uh, David Steinberg coming up very soon. All the details are up on the iBang. We'll take a break and we will be back with Seth Herzog and Michael Ian Black. They got a brand new show called Duck Quacks Don't Echo. Um, but Mike William Black, one of the funniest people in the world, and Seth Herzog, of course, uh, with Jimmy Fallon, making that big move to The Tonight Show. Uh, they're doing this uh, show now called uh, Duck Quacks Don't Echo, kind of a funnier version of uh, Mythbusters. Nice. Um, we'll be right back. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Ron and Fez on Raw Dogs. <laughs> Herzog and Michael, you have yet another show. That's right. You have more shows than anyone I've ever even heard of before. Because I can't keep any of them on the air. <laughs> they get canceled as soon as he makes it. <laughs> but this is going to be the yeah. This the, will be the this one. This is it. This is it. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna ride his coattails all the way till we the, this gets canceled, which is like an hour <laughs> yeah. from now. I feel like. All right. So this is ducks. Uh, Duck Quacks Don't Echoes. This premieres Monday, January 13th, uh, 10 o'clock and 10.30 on Nat Geo. Do we just call it Nat Geo? Or That's what, what they call, call it. it. Yeah, yeah, we're Nat Geo That's, now. Yeah, it's like KFC or NKOTB. So the... <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to be cool with the kids like it's 1991. <laughs> hey, kids, it's Nat Geo. Yeah, word up, Nat Geo. Uh, so you guys, you look into certain things to see whether or not they... They are true. Yes. Uh, things that we've heard our whole life. And or, everything we, pr- we talk about on the show, we prove true. Nothing's proved wrong. 
There's no mystery. We're yeah. proving. <laughs> we're proving theorems. So yeah. So gravity works. True. Yes, it yes. is true. Yes, yes. and okay. we prove that. We actually do prove that. We wrapped up a dude with bu- uh, bubble wrap and dropped him from the um, ceiling of yeah, this it's about 14 studio. Feet. About yeah. 14 feet. Yeah. yeah. This and, is fun for the kids. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the kids, yeah. they and love we, the extreme They do stuff. say at the beginning of the show, they say, do this at home. <laughs> do this at home. That's what they say at the risk top it. of the show. Risk it, kids. Worth the risk, they, they say, yeah. for science. Uh, so the set, the premise of this, are you guys traveling with this? Because I wasn't even able to see a clip of this before you came in. <laughs> you didn't even know it existed until a second ago. No, but, I, but I, here's the thing. I know Michael is always ready. No one ever calls him lazy. No. You know? Mm. Do you know him that well? <laughs> He's a dreamer. He's a dreamer, and he keeps the if dream If you alive. follow him on Twitter, you know how lazy he is. Because you talk about it often. On, I do almost on nothing on a daily basis. Yeah. But every once in a while, the phone rings, and I'm like, hey, you want to do a show that's going to get canceled soon? And I say, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you work in a flurry. That's right. When, yes. when it's he time does. to he does. work, you'll do it. Ali used to do that thing yeah. where he would rope a dope mm-hmm. for two minutes, 45 mm-hmm. seconds, and then just start throwing punches, and we all went, he's great. Yeah, right. I spent great. about forty years now doing the rope. <laughs> he has finally tired out the American public. And like, fine, fine, we'll watch you. Well, Seth, you got a lot going on. Too. Tons you, going yeah. on. Oh my are god, you, it's crazy. Are, are you with Jimmy for the? I'm move? working. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm working over at the Fallon Show. We're going to be the Tonight Show in like three weeks. Wow. And um, you, you get that this is historic, right? Oh, this is huge. But we're bringing that, it back to New York, which is really yeah, big. which is unbelievable. But I know there's no better gig in the world than twelve thirty at night. On NBC, it's true. That's the fun, great show. I agree. Everybody loves that. Guy. I don't know why we're leaving. Everybody <laughs> in the, in the history of America who's ever sitting there, everyone's like, "You're great." Yeah, mm-hmm. Letterman was great. Conan did it great. We had a super show that I love. Everybody being on. is is crazy about your show right yeah, now. Yeah. Why say and why? What changes change an hour earlier anyway? You know what's funny? I feel like there's going to be subtle changes to the show. I think the mm-hmm. monologue's going to get longer. I think um, there's going to be less sketches, more sketches with guests rather than with like the cast. Um, it's going to be a little less wacky, maybe. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. But you know, the thing about Jimmy, which is weird, is it's one of the few funny people that people generally like. Yeah. Like people will actually say, "Well, you know who's really a nice person." And it's Jimmy. And you don't say that about funny people. They're like, he's so tortured and <laughs> funny. And it's, it's, it's lovely to see him Jimmy has so much energy. Like, it's yeah. crazy amount of energy he has. And he loves people. Loves talking to people. Will talk to people like... Like I, I've I've met him at bars in in, in New York. Where he's right. like, come meet me, and he's literally at the bar just arguing about music to whoever's at the bar. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. He, I think he just loves being around others. See, and I loves think he's more, I think he's the only 12:30 host that that is actually better suited for 11:30 than 12:30 because he's just so congenial and he's mm-hmm. got that kind of. There's not a lot of snark. No, no. he's not a snarky comedian. I think that's better for eleven thirty than twelve. And he yeah. also doesn't hate other people's success, which is odd not to see in a funny person. No, no. hates no. Jews, yeah, but not yeah, other yeah, yeah, hates yeah, Jews. Yeah. Yeah. and Asians, yes. right? Asian Jews, Ugh, successful <laughs> Asian Jews, forget it. Yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> so you guys, you're you're excited, but you're not nervous. You're, I'm not nervous. Yeah, no, you you're not on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hosting it. Yeah, yeah you're standing over the. I mean, he's fucking this up. Huh? <laughs> he's in trouble. Although, remember the first show that he did when uh, I was there. It was so tense. 
you know, and rough. It was the first show. He was definitely nervous. He had a ton of energy because he has a lot of energy anyway. So that was already ramped up for that first show. Yeah. And he was like, uh, the monologue was a little rough. And then to, to have De Niro on as the first guest, which is not the great. He wanted to have someone big on. De Niro yeah. did it, but like someone who's not going to give you anything for your first guest was Nothing. tough. But we've joked about that a lot throughout this uh, the show. But I got to tell you one thing. I was really impressed with we, that show got good quickly in yeah. terms of the first four three months of the show i would tell people i work at the show and people like eh, i don't know if i like it da, 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 da. Yeah. And, I, and then five months in i never had to apologize for it five months in people were like i love that show i love that yeah. show and i was like okay this is this is this is the but you know it was also brilliant to have the roots oh great I mean, stroke and then that was another one i went oh great idea that'll last six months and they're going to go out on the road you know what i mean but then the fact that he can sing with the you know that's such like a throwback you know mm -hmm. old school thing that you know how rare is it to be able to be able to say is a funny guy oh and then i'll sing a thing with justin timberlake right. you mm -hmm. know it's just, it's ridiculous and he loves to sing with anyone like yeah. he does musical bits two or three times a week on the uh, yeah. show loves it loves musical spoofs that's like a whole big part of his act and so, have to have a band who can play anything at any time yeah. or give them something and they can arrange it in five to ten minutes is amazing so no one's pissed that you're off doing this show with michael um shockingly no <laughs> like i i took off a few days to yeah. do to do the show and um they were like great yeah Cost when you get back. <laughs> like they weren't. I was. I was like, aren't you gonna miss me? Like, yeah, 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 we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now you know Seth Meyers gets the best. Now best he gig is the best gig. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna be right up, right upstairs. How do you think he's gonna do? I think it's gonna be great. I, I have a feeling. I've, I don't. I think they're still figuring out the structure of, of the show, but uh, it's probably gonna be very weekend update style. Like he'll be at the desk. Yeah. Lots of news spoofs. There's gonna be lots of characters coming into the desk, like they do it. Update. There's not going to be a house band, as far as I've heard. I don't. I don't know about that. See, that's the beauty of that show at twelve thirty. You can change it. Yeah, you can reinvent yeah. it every yeah. time. Yeah. Where the Tonight Show, they're like, "What are you doing to the Tonight Show?" Yeah. Which? Why should we? You know what I mean? What's the big deal? Well, I feel like when when Jimmy took over late night, I feel like he wanted to keep the structure of like a very classic right. talk show. He didn't want to like reinvent the wheel, just wanted to do it his way, which was original in its own voice. Um, so that's a perfect fit for moving to the night show. It's already yeah. sort of there. Uh, but I think Seth Meyers' show is going to be a different structure. Slightly. Seth is also just one of those guys who makes it look too easy you yeah know? And he's, he's just, very clever and yeah. very smart and he's very good at like rewriting on the fly and and um can make things work really really fast all right so this show that you guys are doing the duck quacks don't echo whose idea was it what well, did you guys come up with it no. or they... i was sitting on the toilet yeah <laughs> and listening to i have a bunch of ducks <laughs> just hanging out in the bathroom with me it's an english show this is the an yeah. english this is the American version of a British show of the same name, where these comics host this uh, science show, and they have scientists come on and explain the science of it. And we just said, okay, let's do an American version where we take the science out and just leave the comedy. <laughs> and just dumb it down for the Americans. Yes. Because the English demand that their funny people be smart. Right, and we, yeah. don't, we don't have that expectation. No, no, fact, no, no, no. They no. hate us for being smart. Yeah. <laughs> people in America will go just the opposite, and they'll be like, please dumb that down a little bit. Right. Dumber is better in America. But uh, has it been fun for you guys? It was uh, really fun. We had a great time shooting it. The third guy on the show is Tom Papa, who is a terrific comedian and uh, just a sweetheart. 
sweetheart of a guy. Um, and we got along great. We had a fun time doing it, and hopefully people will like it. Time is really, really funny, and he does a show on this yes. uh, network yeah. with us, and he's uh, he's great. But you guys hadn't really worked together before. They went and got you all separately? We've or? been friends for 20 years or so, and we've mm-hmm. worked together on a bunch of different stuff, but neither of us had met Tom before. That's a strange thing, right? I know. Like, and I, we have a ton of friends. It's strange when you meet a new comedian now, when you've been doing it as long as yeah. you know Seth and I have been doing it. To and meet, Tom as well. And Tom as well, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, to meet a new comedian who's our age, you know, if you meet somebody who's younger, you go okay. But to meet somebody our age who I've seen him on um, Letterman a few times, and I watched uh, the Marriage Ref, but we yeah. just never met. Uh, he's uh, really, really quick. Yes, mm-hmm. he's really, really quick. And again, another guy who's not mean he's not a not bad guy all. he's a happy guy oh my god he's a good guy too nice uh, you st- now speaking of me dl ugly uh are you, still, <laughs> <laughs> you still doing that thing with him we did a game show together on tbs called mm-hmm. trust me i'm a game show host we did 10 episodes of that literally before i walked in the studio there's a, a voicemail from my manager going hey give me a call i have an update about the game show i'm not optimistic so we'll see where that goes <laughs> well if they say call me back does that mean it's over would they have just said it's on on the message if it was a go you think well i i know that no no decision has been made about right. whether we're doing a second season or not right. but you can tell i can tell by my manager's tone as soon as i <laughs> the first syllables out of his mouth right what he's trying to say it's you know if it's hey. if it's, if it's it's like, hey, Mike, give me a call back. Or if it's, hey, Mike, give me a call back. <laughs> like someone died. <laughs> but here's the thing about you. A, you've been through this enough. And B, you always have so many balls in the air. Well, that, but at know. some point they're going to go, enough. <laughs> enough with this guy. All right. I will tell you, because for folks, you had to figure it out who's lying, uh, Michael or DL. And it seemed like every time that I watched it, DL was lying. Oh, you're a and racist. I was just like, you're a racist. <laughs> <laughs> I figured this show out. Now? No, no, it was split. Yeah, it was split pretty evenly. I think. I mean, I never yeah. did the final tally, but it was pretty even. Yeah. Um, and that was a fun show, and he's a great guy. He's, he's a really nice guy. Brutally funny. Yeah. And yeah. also another person who will go and be funny in a cab or on the street. Yes. Like he doesn't. There, there's a real lack of show business about the way he does comedy. You yeah, know, he's a real. He's like a mm-hmm. people person in yeah. a way that I'm certainly not. You no. know, you hate people. I don't want to talk to you, fuckers. You know, this is a chore for you right. Oh my right God. now. I'm You've been literally been texting people the entire time we've been in this uh, studio. I'm 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 sweating. I'm claustrophobic. I'm but, thinking about what I'm going to have for lunch. But you love them on Twitter. I do love them far, on Twitter. Far away through technology, you, you can deal with people. It's in person. I find he hates his followers. No, no, no. That's not true. They hate me. They're totally different. <laughs> they do hate totally you. Totally different. They do. There, there is such a funny relationship between you and your followers. And if you follow Mike Black, you'll get to just enjoy the animosity that they have between each other. And it's constant battle back and forth between you and your followers. Well, because I never respond to the people who say nice things. I right. only respond to people who That's say horrific, hateful That's things to me. You should respond to the nice people. No. What's the point? <laughs> You're the exact opposite of the movie Her. Right now, for whatever <laughs> happening with that, right. where they fall right. in love with. The, mm-hmm. Did you guys see that movie? I have not. Yet, I know the premise going of nuts it. over. Yeah, yeah, it is very, very strange. But it also feels like it could happen in fifteen 
minutes from now. You know, like just oh, suddenly. Yeah. Oh, easily. Oh, we're there. In no time at all, your phone is smarter than you and telling you. What I to fell in do. love with my speaking spell when I was like when I was a kid. <laughs> that little, right? Yeah, I, I did things to that speaking spell. I'm glad I couldn't speak anymore. If you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> do you ever see that bit? You ever see that bit that Albert Brooks did with the speaking spell on Carson years no. ago? You got to look it up. Yeah. It's the funny. He brought it out as if it was a puppet and would only hit things. And I'm, I am not kidding you. It may be the funniest oh, thing. Oh, God, I can't even never heard of that. Yeah, it's just, I would actually, if you, if we weren't promoting a show for you guys, <laughs> would stop everything and make you watch it right now. I think we should do that anyway. Yeah, we should do it. Put it up. But it is the funniest goddamn thing ever. Um, so he's manually typing yeah, in the response. he's manually typing it. And as if it's like, what, he's like a ventriloquist or something? Yeah, but yeah. But, you know, if, if you ever just go back and watch anything That's that funny. Albert's ever done oh, in he's history. He's the best. He's, he's the best. He's so far above. But what's always great about that is that you always saw that Carson knew it. Yep. You know mm. what I mean? So you would see Carson just dying. Oh, yeah. Just dying throughout his stuff. All right, we are going to play a little And bit. then, ironically, Johnny Carson did die. Yeah, isn't that? <laughs> because of Albert, Albert Brooks. No, Albert Brooks had nothing to do with it, but he did die in the end. Yeah, turn that around, too, so they can see it here, Fez. Yeah. All right, there's a young Albert Brooks. Young Albert Brooks. Nice Jufro. Yeah. With uh, an already elderly Johnny Carson. Yeah. <laughs> Bunny. <laughs> All right. So he's got the speaking spell with a little mask on the back. Buddy, say hi to the audience. Hi. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Happy to be here, aren't you, buddy? Yes, yes I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> buddy, do you know where you are? Look around. Do you know where you are? P-V. Very good, buddy. Very good. Oh, my Very God. Good. <laughs> you know, buddy, uh, uh, buddy uh, had an ear infection, John. He couldn't hear earlier today, and he almost didn't want to come on. Buddy, is your ear better? A. I said, can you hear now? A. I said, is your ear better? All right, fine. <laughs> buddy just got back from Mexico. Did you have a good time, buddy? Oh. <laughs> and here's the, here's, the uh. here's the beauty of Albert Brooks. You know he only did that once yes. in yeah. front of people. Yes. Like, he probably had a niece, yeah. you know, picked it up and yes. started fucking around with it. Yeah. And then just w called up and said, I, I, I already have, come on. I have a set. bit now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's and so good. He would do that all the time. Even even when he was a kid, he would just show up and do new material yeah. that he never worked out anywhere. Uh, duck quacks don't echo. I'm, I'm wishing you the best of luck. Thank you. To, We're going to need it. No. Particularly for Michael. Particularly for you Michael. <laughs> I think I haven't returned that call yet. Yeah. I may not. Maybe if I don't return it, the show won't be canceled. <laughs> just show up anyway. Just be there. I'm here. Just Where's show up. DL? Yeah. All right. Is the money canceled too, or just the show? <laughs> um, the show is super fun. It's lots of fun, wacky science. We do wacky experiments in front of a live audience, and I'm in all sorts of wacky costumes. Say, uh, say wacky one more time. Wacky. Yeah. You can't beat wacky. <laughs> Duck Quacks Don't Echo premieres Monday, January 13th at 10 o'clock and 10.30 on Net Geo. Thanks so much for stopping Thanks, by, Ron. guys. Best time. Uh, we'll see you next time coming through. Yes, no sir.
Those dudes are fun, huh? Oh, they're great. You know, I'd never met uh, Seth before. He's hysterical. Uh, Michael's probably done this show about four times, and he's always really funny, even though he's a little depressed today. <laughs> but you know people are have a great sense of humor when they say, no, let's just stop what we're doing and go back and watch some classic Albert Brooks. That seems fun. And it is. Yeah, Michael Ian Black, I, I love him. I love There's, him so much. I, you love him even in his depression that he has today. <laughs> He's a little down. Yeah. It's going to come back around, though. All right. Uh, Fez is off uh, talking to those fellas. I think we're going to ask them if we get the chance, if their schedule permits, to know a bit, know a bit that we're doing on the Interrobang and here on the Ron and Fez show called The Comic Who Changed My Life. Um, and going up today, uh, it's the comedian who changed, uh, my life. I think we call it the comedian who changed my life or is it the comic who changed my life? Which one are we calling it? The comedian who changed my life, we'll call it. Uh, and what it's about is we're going to interview comics and they bring up a comic that they either saw when they were younger, uh, maybe a comic who helped them along the way. We've already done this with a couple of people, and we're just starting to put them up. But first will be Jim Florentine and Chris Stanley. Who would you say, if you had to guess? Because this is now the guessing game that I want to play. Okay. Of the comedian who changed my life. Who do you think changed Jim Florentine's life? I'm going to think Carlin is the guy who changed Jim Florentine's life. As, as, he, as a guy he saw and listened to and was like, oh my God, you know, Carlin's amazing. Um, I want to do this. Shelby Lynn, if you had to guess, who would you say for Jim Florentine? I think it's got to be somebody just filthy and groundbreaking because that's kind of the direction that he likes to go to in times. So I'm, I'm going to have to say... Oh, shit, his name just... Who's the... He, He's dead now. He died in the car accident. His name just... Sam Kennison? Yeah, Sam, I'm going to go with Sam Kennison. I cannot believe that a person like yourself, A, would think of Kennison as just being filthy, and B, uh, not be able to recall his name. And you're a comedy nerd. You're a comedy geek. Um, we need to either amp up his microphone, people are telling me, okay. or teach him to speak big boy. Yeah. We got to do one or the other. Um, although, oddly, you are close. This is a person from the same time as Sam Kinison, and I think somebody that those guys used to kind of East Coast, West Coast rap <laughs> back and forth. I think they used to at least badmouth each other. Uh, Dice Clay. Wow. Dice Clay, which I was very happy to see because you don't see a lot of people giving Dice Clay props, and he... Uh, has been an enormous influence on comedy. That's wild. I, I thought I was. I thought I had it with Carlin. I was way off. I thought that it was going to be a New York guy. I thought that Florentine would say, "I, you know, well, the first time I came into New York, I saw someone." Because it's interesting. You would think there's a lot of guys that you meet people, and it changes the way that you work. And there's a lot of guys who would just go by the way that they are. Uh, just see something when they were a kid. I have the feeling Carlin's name will pop up sooner rather than later because there's a generation who saw 
Carlin, uh, and prior first. But then the following generation, there's a lot of guys that they could pick. If you were young enough during the 80s, instead of there being, you know, eight guys, there would be about 150 guys <laughs> that you could say, oh, that guy changed my life. And some of the guys that, that are going to show up in this. So, um, and I'll also point this out to Chuck Klosterman, who said that there will never be a comeback for Andrew Dice Clay. I, I don't think so. I think people really remember that time period with Andrew Dice Clay a lot more fondly than Chuck Klosterman does. Yeah, I, I don't I mean, I don't associate anything negative with, with that time. Well, it wasn't so much that time, but the material was considered somewhat misogynistic, and um, the audience itself was kind of uh, brutish. They were seen as somewhat brutish. Um so, uh, up today, there. By the way, if you're also going over to the iBag, make sure you check out uh, the fact that you can come see David Steinberg. David Steinberg. Fez, did you get uh, Seth Herzog's uh, number? Yes, I did. Because we said uh, we want to bring him back. He was fucking cracking me up today. He's a very, very funny guy. Very, very funny guy. And I really didn't know much of him outside of, you know, the stuff that he has done with uh, Fallon. But, um, God damn, he's funny. Um, I want to get into just going through some uh, news things fairly quickly here. We were going to call this, as we keep trying to reinvent and revamp the show, Ripped from the Headlines, uh, Chris Stanley... You put something together for us, right? Oh, yeah, I got a little something together. Let's take a listen to it. Okay. Meteorite exploded above the Earth, causing a meteor shower. Well, they say the government is dumping chemicals on us to control or manipulate the weather. Well, they are possibly the meanest, most annoying people online. You all know the phrase, ripped from the headlines. And for this challenge, we are asking you to do just that. It's ripped from the headlines. We'll take some news stories and do it very quickly with our own Fez Watley, Chris Stanley, and Shelby Lynn. And Shelby, remember to speak in a nice, loud, big boy voice so the folks at home can understand you. Uh, number one story for you, Chris Stanley, is chlamydia is now the number one. Now, do you have this down as the number one disease or number one sexually transmitted disease? No, it transcends STDs. It's the number one disease. The number one d- disease. So am I supposed to believe that a, a cold is not a disease, but a flu is? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So more people... I want to make sure that I understand this. <laughs> and the article is up on the iBank.com if you want to follow along with this. But you're telling me more people get chlamydia than the flu. The C- the, yeah, the Center for Disease Control has more occurrences of chlamydia than anything else. It, chlamydia beats out everything. It's to- I cannot believe this. Look, in college, I had chlamydia. And this thing is barely a disease. This thing should be kicked out of the disease what exactly explain to people that aren't as filthy as you exactly 
what chlamydia is. It's a sexually transmitted disease that uh, it makes you it burns when you pee. It just gives you a nice piss burn, but no growth, no what do you I, call it? I didn't know. I and didn't you knock it out with what antibiotics? Antibi- yeah, like so f- five days of antibiotics. Yeah, five days of antibiotics. So you're saying, well worth not putting on a condom? Oh, definitely. Chlamydia is nothing. That's bush league. Do you uh, push safe sex? Yes or no? Uh, no, no. Raw dog it. Yeah. Raw dog it. Uh, it is, of course, ripped from the headlines. And next up, uh, and this was Shelby's, you are pissed off that a, a woman is documenting her entire birth on Facebook. I'm pissed off at what she's doing, and now she's pissed off because she got kicked off of Facebook because of it. Yeah. She decided on her Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to document her entire live birth, not just in text form, but in visual picture form, too. And uh, a lot of people were upset on Facebook about it because they, I guess when you don't see, we see a picture you don't like, you can report it, and it gives you a list of options, and they all documented as pornographic with her just bloody vaginas played out all over everybody's feed. And she's going to push to get this back on? Yeah, she calling them like fascists and that they don't get it. It's just natural. I think that if she brings a lawsuit, they'll have to put her back on. You cannot sit down and talk about birth as if it was the same way that you're talking about porn. Or gore or anything. Like this it's a natural thing. This is It's a natural thing. It's a healthy thing. And it's something that men are always going to lose <laughs> as we get grossed out by it. I think uh, the blood more than the sex should keep it off of there. Yeah, but it's healthy blood. It's healthy blood, but it's still a sh- you know a shocking thing. I don't know whether she put up not safe well, for work. All, first of all, she, you don't have to go to it. That's the beauty of it. It's on her Facebook. It hasn't just suddenly shown up on your Facebook. So by no means would I think that you have to watch this. But I think it's ridiculous that you can't say the people who work in this industry or are you know expecting mothers themselves have to somehow not be able to share their information quite frankly you could end up sharing information that can save somebody's life ridiculous i think that this is just like the, the dying the first real just death that facebook is experiencing because like it, it started out as just kids and like you know college students kind of sharing stuff then it moved into people just really posting pictures of their pets and just everything they're doing. And recently it's just gotten into, okay, now these people's parents are on and now they're just posting pictures of their kids. Yeah, but here's the thing. It isn't going to stay for kids because the people who originally went on are in their 30s now. (laughs) So you can't sit around and act like, oh, this used to be so cool. It used to just be for kids if you're in your fucking 30s and you're still using it. Then you should say, I shouldn't be here anymore. But again, unless people are forced to watch it, what do you give a shit? There's all the pets that you're talking about on Facebook. I don't see. I don't go there. Um, Chris Stanley, you said the hot stock out there is uh, weed. All right. Now, January 1st, weed is now legal in in Colorado. Totally, completely, 100% legal. Uh, this is the tech stock boom all over again because there's plenty of weed dispensaries and weed companies that you know make weed byproducts like weed food or whatever else. People are just dumping money into it now. There's there are penny stocks jumping from one percent to seventeen hundred percent. Like it, it's 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 crazy. People are losing their minds with this weed stock, and it's just too here's soon. why I think it's a mistake. 
because corporations are going to come in and take this over. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you right now, it's like the old family video store <laughs> where oh, you can get into this, but there is going to be a blockbuster of weed, and you are going to be fucked. Yeah, I mean, because it's it's just a free for all as of right now. There's plenty of dispensaries on whatever I guess the the pets the Nasdaq that you know you can throw cash into. Would you put any money into it? My buddy put money into it, and he, he's made some already. Like I feel like I if I I should do research to do it. If you're going to do it, there won't be enough time to research. You either you either lock out and do it. You know, it's like buying a number. But I'm telling you that. There will be a corporation that whips in here very soon and turns this into a real business that won't matter whether you're selling weed or fucking car keys. You know what I mean? <laughs> there will be business people running the weed business, not weed heads. Uh, you also said this came up. No more anonymous Yelps. Yeah. Um, all right. So in Virginia, a, a judge said that Yelp has to give away the identities of seven people who gave bad reviews to some random business. It was a carpet cleaning business. So the guy took went took this to court, saying these seven people are ruining my business, and they're not. They never even went to my uh, my my carpet cleaning thing. So this judge says, "All right, Yelp, you got you got to tell everyone who these people are. You got to dime them out." And is Yelp doing it or not? Uh, yeah, Yelp's doing. They, they're doing it. Yeah. So does this mean you can stay anonymous on Yelp unless someone calls you out on it? That's what it's starting to look like. I mean, I mean, if if, and if any business owners want to take people to task, they they they, they these. If you're anonymous, you're going to get dimed out. Like if it isn't just like if it doesn't say Chris Stanley reviewer on well, you. What's your feeling on this? One? I think this is totally insane. Who even this guy? Who even knows if these people? Are, are real. It, this this guy is full of shit. This so wait, if you don't know if the people are real, that would mean that you, you should have the right to anonymous to, to pull them out. Because what if one guy is just doing it seven under seven different names? And you can't say that if you're looking at a restaurant and you see some bad Yelp things, uh, it would not at least say to you, ah, I don't know if I want to go there. You have to read all the reviews. I mean, there's seven un anonymous reviews, but there's plenty of positive ones, too. How do you know? Have you been to his site? Because a carpet cleaning business might not get, you know, you're used to New York City restaurant reviews. Yeah. And they'll get hundreds and even a thousand. But if you're out in the sticks, I've, I've looked at places that have had six or seven reviews. If I'm up in Vermont or something. Yeah. So one review could be fucking crushing to that guy. One bad fucking Yelp. If you're in a in a small town, it's it's almost like having the New York Times say that your fucking um, thing's no good. Shelby, you're part of this generation. What do you think? I don't know. Especially if for a carpet cleaning business. I mean, how bad could it be? You just make your carpet dirtier. I mean. Well, you don't get the job done. Look, if, I know that you're not a homeowner, but if you're paying out money for a fucking carpet cleaning thing and it doesn't work out for you, you're pissed. You want to get what you pay for. I mean, I know it doesn't mean anything to you now because you're a kid. I like this with what this Virginia judge is doing. Yelp, turn these names over. If they are real people, let's see if they actually did walk into this guy's restaurant. And why should someone get to anonymously, if they weren't even there, let's say, try to ruin this guy's business? Can someone anonymously say a movie sucks? I mean, it's the same thing. Are you going to let that fucking go in that direction? Are you going to let someone anonymously say the Giants should fire their fucking coach? You know what I mean? Or do you have to be popped out 
every single time. And this guy can do other things besides just bringing it to court. Like, I've seen business owners respond to bad reviews and say, you know, uh, explain, say, you know, give him freebies or whatever, or just try to explain the situation. I always start handing day. out free meals to someone he doesn't even know if they exist. But all you're saying is, look, you, what, what Chris is saying is you can respond to that. Said so you got a bad fucking, you say you got a bad meal here. Come back over, let me show you. I want to give you a free meal. And you can show that you're the kind of person that wants to change that bad publicity. But, Fez, you didn't answer my question. Now, is anyone not allowed to say anything bad about a sports team without their name coming out? Bad things about a movie, a TV show, a celebrity? The entire internet is set up so people can anonymously be assholes. And I read some comment sections um, on different sites, Rolling Stone or whatever. Let's say Rolling Stone puts out a Radiohead thing. Yeah. 30% at least, 30 to 70% of the commenters are going to tell you that Radiohead blows. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not going, you don't really get a lot of positive uh, comments out there. Um, I don't think he, anyone should be anonymous, I, I, if, especially if you're going to put out a criticism. That guy, I would imagine, busts his ass to run his restaurant to keep his business afloat. How do you know? We don't know anything about him. Maybe he does a sh- shitty job. You, you, th- there's no way to know whether someone... There are plenty of people out there who don't run good businesses. Uh, and there's also plenty of people that could just say... You know, bad shit gets said about me. That's the price of doing business. Um, you know, we've had the internet for what almost twenty years now, yeah. without needing everybody to put uh, their fucking name up every second. John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. I hate to say this, but I I definitely agree with Fez. I've never said that in the history of the show, but Fez is Fez is right, man. Well, well Fez has no always stuck anonymous. to this p- position that he doesn't like a, an anonymous internet at all. You want everyone to set uh, be out there as their real name, not using a a fake name at all. Right? Says a guy using a fake name on the fucking radio. Um. Here's Josh. Josh, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Um, yeah, there's a couple of things that y'all could do to just squash this whole thing. Maybe one, put a disclaimer that anonymous responses are always subject to being fake. Or, you know, require the name. But who knows? It could be this guy's brother-in-law that can't stand him just putting up and, and most of us have got to believe that if we're reading Yelp. I'm going to tell you the truth. I There was a couple of years ago that I leaned on Yelp in the city a lot more than I do now. And it has less to do with bad reviews than just fucking hoity-toity people who think their opinions matter too much. Uh, the, half of the Yelp reviews are not about the food. <laughs> They're no, they're, they're most of them have to do with service, and they're trying to get even with a waiter. Uh, but it's very rare to me that if, let's say, Yelp says that something is really good for me to go, that's not, that's actually awful. You know what I mean? Like uh, yesterday, Big J was saying that he stood in line for a, a thing and got a sandwich, and it was just hideous in San Francisco. Yeah. I've never had that experience of seeing a line or seeing that something's getting just tons of rave reviews and going and just saying this thing is uh, awful. Uh, Alan, you're on the Run and Fez show. 
Yes, I am one of those anonymous reviewers. Uh, the thing is, I keep myself anonymous because I'm in the beverage business, coffee, tea, and I have a lot of those accounts, and I can't. I want to be, and I am honest. I don't, and there is a lot of crap out there. A lot of the stuff I think that the restaurants actually put their family up to put up too. So. Oh, absolutely. I I know for a fact that people will say, "Hey, we're just opening up." Make sure that you guys give us a good Yelp review. And people will say, I don't, you know, I'm not on Yelp. And they'll say, oh, sign up and give me a review because there's some dickhead that gave me two stars. Why don't you jump on and give me five? And what I normally do if I'm depending on a Yelp is go back and look at all that person's reviews. And I'll review that person. You know what I mean? I'll say to myself, do I trust their opinion? Um, Here's uh, Jay. Jay, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, uh, there's you can actually there's companies that you can pay to write good reviews to hide the bad reviews. Um, yeah, that's as actually becoming a problem for Yelp that there are kind of professional Yelp things that you can buy into people who abuse the system by saying, you know, uh, give us money and we'll make sure you end up with a ton of good reviews. You know, they basically have a squad working for them. And then Yelp is supposed to go in and clear that out. Larry, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, you know what? I agree with Fez here. I mean, uh, as a business owner, too, I mean, if if these these reviews are unfounded, the business owner has every right to to try to do this. Because let's be honest, dude, I use Yelp. Like, if, it, if the company has bad reviews, I'm not using it. So fucking, some companies live and die by Yelp. And if he's getting unfounded reviews, he should be able to wipe that clean. Do you? Well, again, I don't know whether they're unfounded or not. We just know that the reviewers are using <laughs> anonymous names. I mean, I don't know anything to, to uh, you know, you guys are suddenly going through that somehow this is a poor businessman. I don't know that to be true, and I don't also, you know, think that maybe he is running uh, a shitty business and needs to be out. I'm just saying this thing is out there. The for 20 years we've gotten along with an anonymous internet. What's the big problem? Um, Joe, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ron. I guess my question is is what he intends to do with the information from the lawsuit. I mean, if he just wants to know that there are real people reviewing the his business and then he's fine with that, you know, over a bot or a fake review, you know, but if he, is he going to actually go out and sue these people for writing a bad review? Because that seems ridiculous. I just, I don't understand that. We also don't know um, if anybody, you know, is going to go and get even with someone, physically even with someone, if we start giving out our fucking real names. Well, I don't know how this verdict is really going to change something, because we have people making, like, really extensive fake Twitter and Facebook profiles. Couldn't they just put up, like, a fake Yelp profile with just a picture they find on Google? And Apparently just- they're doing that, you know, that, that's basically the same thing that they're doing now. But if you're saying that I could just put up Chris Stanley's picture, call myself Chris Stanley, <laughs> I might do that. What? I might actually I- do that. I don't see what the problem is. Like, let's say someone had uh, trouble at this business. 
Why not go to the guy and say, listen, I wasn't satisfied with the service here, and I'm going to let everyone on Yelp know about it. I think that's legitimate, but why not go to the guy? Why run? If you had a bad meal, why run home and get behind your hidden keyboard instead of saying to the waitress or the manager, listen, I had a bad meal here. I'm sorry. I heard you rip fucking Superman on this show. Right? You didn't fucking call up Warner <laughs> Brothers and try to give your advice. You went on your fucking place that you express yourself, and you did. Not everyone is going to agree with you, particularly the people who put fucking years of their life into the movie. I listen to you, and I can decide for myself, hey, Fez, I, uh, you know, I like a lot of his opinions. Uh, I'll take this one. Or Fez... I think, you know, is very spotty with his opinions, so I'll go check this out anyway. This is life. If you're a customer, your job isn't to sit there and massage this business into fucking uh, being a good one. You're just giving your opinion. These people are just expressing themselves, and it goes back to the thing of, are you the type of people that want to agree with them or not? All right, we gotta we gotta go to a break here. Uh, and I, by the way, Fez, even though I disagree with you, I'm certain that millions of people who own their own businesses do agree with you. You know what I mean? I just think that there's that either way that you look at this, this can be uh, beat up on. We didn't get a chance to talk about the Seth Meyers thing that was all going to be part of this, but uh, you know, uh, his show starts when Shelby Lynn. This is in less than a month, I think, and that's kind of crazy. He starts on now. the 24th. I know Time Magazine just gave him the cover story, and he said, "I'm not really sure uh, what." You know, I'm exactly going to do with it. Uh, yeah, th uh, we just had uh, Seth Herzog in here. And he goes, I don't know if he's really, you know, thought about it that much. It's so fucking funny to me. And yet I still think he's going to do really well with this show. I mean, 10 years being the head writer of Saturday Night Live. I think the, the guy's going to do fine. He's it right. sounds like he's maybe even going to do something similar to, like, blech, similar to what Pete Holmes is doing right now, that he brings on a lot of just like comics that he knows are funny and that they just can do their thing, but with like things that he likes and not have it like the traditional setup. Um, all right. I'm I'm certainly gonna I'm certainly gonna check it out. We got a break here. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Later today, uh, we're gonna kind of do uh, we're gonna have three different movie reviewers on um, to talk about the big films this year. When are they finally doing Oscar nominations, Fez? That will be at the end of this month, at the end of January. And when are the Golden Globe Awards this weekend? The Golden Globes are this weekend wow. with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. So weird that they're doing those awards even before the nominations of the six of days. The six days from now, the nominations are uh, next Thursday, week from yesterday. Hmm. All right. So I always set my alarm for that one. It's fun. I like to get up and act like maybe I'm going to get a call and I put the phone right next to me. <laughs> Boy, I feel sorry for Michael. You think he's going to get the bad call about that thing? 
The show get cut or not? I yeah, it's it's going to. Wow, it's so mean. The guy's just been our guest today. I know, this and I the, love Michael Ian Black. Doesn't but seem like it. Who would root for bad things? <laughs> what? I saw dread in his eye when he even brought up the phone message. Well, don't don't you feel that way about work too? You know, like uh, just pulling for him. This is this one's going to stick. Nacho and, and Mr. Michael Ian Black are going to be together for a while. We're not talking about that one. We're talking, talking about, about the game show. show. Oh no. And Shelby just said, I'll take Seattle. I'm sorry, a phone rang. Uh, we got a break here. Uh, we'll be back in just a little bit. It's the Ron and Fez show. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog, Sirius XM Comedy Hits, Channel 99. It's the Ron and Fez Show. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. My God, look, who just walked into the studio, uh, meeting up with some bosses here. It's the legendary Eastside Dave McDonald. Oh, thank you so much, Ron. I, I was right about to give myself a round of applause. Go crazy for you. This is me clapping. Yeah. This is Dave clapping, which is sad. I used but thank you, Ronnie, for having me in tonight. It's very exciting to be here on your on your uh, your channel here. Well, I used to be uh, for any new listeners. I used to be Eastside Dave's um, radio mentor until cousin Brucey became <laughs> the radio mentor, and that's why Dave now does an hour of love. <laughs> the love hour is my favorite. Uh, Bruce Hour, and there will be no guests during the love hour. No, and uh, and we do it lovingly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I think you. It's possible you've taught. I, I think you've taught me more than the cuz. Well, it's a um, mistake. And uh, I, I just don't want you to be too down on yourself, because because you know the the cuz he does teach me about things. But Ronnie, it's it's always about the birds. Turn, turn, turn. Right. And you know how many times I understand. <laughs> yeah, I get David Crosby was in the. I, I know who Roger McGuinn is. I get Here, it. Here's the amazing. You, you're broader. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Here's the amazing Cousin Brucey story. The Beatles come over, and Cousin Brucey at Shea Stadium was the guy who brought them up. The Beatles at Shea Stadium yeah. were introduced That's amazing. by Cousin Brucey. Now, we're looking 50 years ago now, and Brucey's still out there doing his thing every Wednesday and uh, well, Saturday we night. That's one of the great MC jobs of all time, yeah. pretty much. Is Did you ever bring out a big band like that before? I brought out uh, Little Feet and got heckled um, on the stage because I was like a young kid. I was, I was working in a New Jersey radio station, and I was only like 22, 23, and they said, do you want to introduce Little Feet? I didn't know how to do it. So I'm on stage at the Count Basie Theater in Red Bank, and I go, ladies and gentlemen, Hot tamale artist, Little Feet. Like, so meek and shitty, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it literally sounded just like that. And someone in the front row goes, louder! And then another guy goes, you suck! Where's Little Feet? And I'm like, well, this, this wasn't fun. I'm like, hot tamale artist. They're like, ah, it's still bad. <laughs> I'm little feet, you fuckers, <laughs> but I'm not playing I tonight. And by the way, I was 22 at the yeah. time. I was totally into Pearl Jam and Nirvana. I, right. I wasn't, you know. I now know because I am a jam band kind of guy, and I now know Little Feet. But at the time, so I, I well, wouldn't. George was already dead by the time you did it. Anyway, <laughs> right, so right, it right. Matter. Yeah, it was a, it was a kind of a fake. How about little you, Chris? Feet. You ever get that opportunity to bring up a band? No, I never have. I brought up a little band. 
Uh, maybe you've heard of them before. This took place at a stadium. A little band like to run by the name of The Who. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and I got to feel that full heat of the excitement. Of wow. Like, oh, my God. The Who, you know, <laughs> yeah. When everybody's coming out, I'm standing there for that. Feels like a human hurricane. You know, there's like 70,000, 80,000 people. And I was like. <laughs> Man, I wish I was in the hood. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it would really be great. There is an opening the at the hood. drummer, you know? What well, year was Kenny, that? Kenny Jones was there. It was in Kenny the 80s. Jones. So uh, it was one of those things where people thought it was like late 80s, but people thought it was going to be the Who's Last Tour. That was the live album, Who's Last, then. So that's that's very impressive, Mr. B, because, like, yeah, that, that was they did that two, uh, the double album of Who's Last. And I know exactly what you're talking about. And Pete had that, you know, the short hairs right before he was totally bald, you know? Yeah, there was... Um, and Daltrey had the short hair, too. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know no. what Daltrey with the long Tommy hair. Yeah, he looks like a lacrosse player a little bit with, like, short hair. It's yeah, a strange look. He, he looks creepy. He looks like not a fun guy. Like, yeah. Uh, like a jock, almost. Yeah, that's what... I don't think rock stars should be jocks. No, I said that to Huey Lewis once. I said, look, <laughs> this sports thing isn't going to work out. Are you cool if a rock star is into sports? Yes. Or should they just be totally into art and music and stuff? I, like, is it cool that Eddie, uh, Eddie Vedder is so into, you know, uh, I don't uh, have any, Bulls, Cubs? Yeah, I don't have any problem at all with them being fans. But what I'm saying is, I don't think a rock star should golf. I don't. Alice Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> That's always weird. Those, the, remember they VH1 used to have those celebrity golf tournaments, yeah. and Alice Cooper was there every year. Like, why don't you play that new album? You're actually quite in with Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie. They're doing you. Yeah, they owe you. <laughs> Just, These guys owe you. <laughs> Put something out. I'll buy it. Because you're better than those guys. But, but you're a, you're a Jersey guy. Yes. If you saw Springsteen golfing, wouldn't you feel kind of let down? I'd be like, what the fuck, Bruce? Yeah. You know, get on. I'll tell you one thing. I was a little bit let down by Bruce, who is one of my favorites. I was at, I was, I was a, a bar back at a place in Red Bank, and he came in at eleven thirty. And this is a true story. And, and he had like a few uh, Coors Lights, and uh-huh. I was, I was a little bit disappointed that he was drinking Coors Lights because I don't fancy that a very particularly cool rock right. star beer. You what know, do you think he should have had. Uh, you, you know, he could have went with Budweiser. <laughs> no, but I mean, something, something a little, you know, I'll take a blue moon. Give me a blue moon and a shot of Jack Daniels or whatever, you know. I mean, something a little cool. He just wanted a nice light beer. And, and he was wearing a, it was the summertime, he was wearing a pink tank top at the time. And a Yankee hat pulled oh, yeah. down to his eyes. God. That's a little weird. He was, he was weird, uh, Ron. He asked yeah. the bartender, uh, uh, any action in this place? And it was 1130 in the morning on a Tuesday. <laughs> Well, get action. <laughs> what are you looking for? There's a dice game. <laughs> there's some dominoes uh, around the corner. Yeah, there's not going to be action on uh, 11.30 in the morning on Tuesdays in most bars. I don't know. How many beers did he drink? He, he actually did put down seven or eight Coors Lights and was out of there by one. Read the newspaper, looked at CNN. There was one uh, news story, I forget what it was, about the economy. He just shook his head like, God damn. You know, people going through hard times. <laughs> I'm like, nah, you're just doing that because we're here. And obviously everyone in the bar is watching you. You know, so you're like, you're, you're, you're acting like Bruce. But, the, but you're, not, you're not being a human. All right, here's one. This is for both you guys. Let's suppose you had to give something up for the rest of your life, right? Okay. You either have to give up American music or British music. <sighs> so... We're talking about you're giving up 
the Beatles, the Stones, the Who, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, the Kinks. Mm. Always in. Radiohead. Radiohead. My arm. Chris Few, Coldplay. (laughs) Or are you giving up Elvis Presley, Bruce Springsteen, The Doors, The Eagles, Chris Few, Bob Seger, (laughs) uh, of course, Dylan, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Motown. Mm -hmm. You've got to give up one or the other. One, you get to listen to anytime you want. The other, you never get to hear again. This is incredibly hard. Because I represent, I have uh, tattoos that represent both America and. Uh, what are your tattoos? I have Pearl Jam on my left. Yeah. I have Pink Floyd on my left uh, um, forearm. And I have Radiohead on my right uh, shoulder. So you can't go away from England because of the Beatles. I mean, they're, it's just, they're just, they, to me, they are Babe Ruth. And there's, there was no, baseball was Babe Ruth, was, was before Babe Ruth and after. Same Hold thing on. with Beatles. Elvis isn't Babe Ruth in your world. Elvis Presley is not Babe Ruth. I would put, honestly, I would put Elvis as Ty Cobb. Because Ty Cobb was still a gigantic, huge, nationally known figure. I would put Babe Ruth because he was transcendent, just as the Beatles were. Hold on. You're telling me Elvis didn't hit fucking home run. He, no, he did. He did run. But, but what I'm saying is he, 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 he was more like old school, just like Ty Cobb was what a conventional says, baseball player. Elvis has, Coke. like, Hound... But you can't compare, like, Hound Dog. Great song and a root song, but you can't compare it to Sgt. Pepper's. I'm going to ask you something. I'd love for you to ask Paul McCartney who was more important, because I bet he'd say Elvis. But well, he'd actually say Roy Orbison. <laughs> and, and that's also because Paul is overly polite. He's he's such a jerk that way, and that right, he so can never you, this boast. Is a deal. You're taking the English. You know, it's incredibly hard, but I'm going to take the English because from the Beatles on, it, it has to go that way. Okay, but I want you to know something, and I know you hate your country, so this is. <laughs> you're never going to hear Stevie Wonder again. You're never going to hear James Brown again. That's tough. That is tough. But I have to make some kind of concession. I mean, you're never going to hear Johnny Cash. Okay, but. You guys will never hear Pink Floyd and enjoy a world without the like, Beatles. I feel like I've heard a lot of them. All no, already. you haven't. I was never even the biggest fan of Pink Floyd. You could enjoy a world, Ron, with without. Forget about even the Beatles, John Lennon, and 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 and, and gathering around you Strawberry I, Fields. You didn't even come up with because you're so. You're such a fucking Beatlemaniac. You haven't even come up with the fucking Rolling Stones. The Stones? That would be the toughest thing for me, never to hear the Rolling Stones again. That's right, yeah. I'm, I'm just focusing on my main point, but yeah, but, but Sex Pistols, we got a lot going on I here. I can't believe you're throwing the Stones in with the Sex Pistols. <laughs> All right, Chris Stanley. Uh, by the way, I'm choosing America based on two things. Number one, this Constitution is unbelievable, and we gave it to the world. Okay? Ah. We're not even keeping it for ourselves. <laughs> Two, the great fruits and vegetables that come out of New Jersey. Well, now, you've, now be... you've really tugged <laughs> on something that's dear to me. And, and now I feel like I'm representing, you know, I'm, I'm letting down not only the country, but my state. So, uh, Chris, this is bad. Stanley, this is a tough one for you because you don't like either place. <laughs> I prefer French pop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> French pop is a nickname for you, too. All he watches is killing Zoe over oh, and over God. again. He loves that jazz fucking scene. By the way, Zoe was in here not too long ago. Oh, was he? She still yeah. looks good? Oh, jeez. You know. Oh, yeah. She looks great. Yeah. But 20 years did pass. All right. Well, 
We're all older. Oh, yeah, we all look like shit. Don't get me wrong. I, 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 I mean, me? You me? look good. That The best picture I ever saw you was those fucking iPod cookies. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, was the not best me. Thing you've ever that done. was not me. In sure? fact, Ron, I emailed you shortly after you <laughs> congratulated me <laughs> for being on Reddit. <laughs> and that's comedian Randy Leakty who did that, not the Dave Man. But thank you for mixing up. As everyone mixes up every Reddit. In fact, uh, Monday was the Florida State. Auburn game, and th- I got so many fucking tweets with this fat, redheaded idiot <laughs> ball boy for Florida State who kept running down, making it all about himself, by the way. No, we don't have a national championship on the line. You got to make it about you and your dumb red hair and getting the ball in. And I got a zillion things of, hey, I didn't know you're working the sidelines for the Florida State game. So you love it when there's stuff like no, that? No, I don't. Okay. All right. Uh, what about. I'm going to choose what an Englishman would choose, and that's American music. That's true, I think. I what think are you talking they, about? That's, they love the American He doesn't even know anyone from England. I dated an English bra, at least. I don't even I'm sorry, I, you're never going to hear the blues again. You're never going to hear John Lee Hooker. Eh. You're never going to hear Buddy, Muddy Waters. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, I know I, I know rock started from the blues, but like, I, I don't just sit, sit and like listen to John Lee Hooker that much. That's disgusting. <laughs> It's the most horrific thing you've ever, and most racist thing I've ever heard you say. I've heard you say quite a few racist Please. things. Most of the reasons why you Write me. Not necessary to tell the audience at home that they're not packy That's just between you, me and you. I'm from Jersey, Philly. You know, we like to, you know, I, I like to say some things. Well, we ought to put a poll up because this is the, this is the most difficult question it, of all I mean, time. I I especially think, um, I think in modern times, England's hitting the ball out of the park a lot with Adele, with, like I said, Radiohead. I mean, they've been around for a little One bit. One Direction. <laughs> oh, 1D? Mm. I wanted? England's still trying, you know? England's still out there. Well, we will, I will give you that. They're, they're, England, in my opinion, is more into rock than America is at this point. The kids America's are not. Lost. Yeah. That's my point. The, the kids are, are not into rock right now. Well, They're just, into techno. How did, old do I sound with that? I just did something with uh, little Steven where he talked about what he considered the age of rock. And he took it to 64 to 92 with uh, Nirvana. Okay. And that was, that was he saying, that is the sweet spot. I That's agree with the him. prime thing. I, I, w- I would think that it would be because when I, I took a film class, they, they, they broke up the golden era of film into two uh, categories, 30 to 45 and then 67 to 80, I think it was. I would say that the rock and roll kind of similar and that maybe you would say like 62 to, to like 80 and then 90 to say 95 or something like that. Because, I mean, is he including the 80s, which had U2 and REM, but a lot of bad stuff happened as well. Yeah, you know? he was including it. He, he thought rock was still on top. See, I, I, I don't know if I can agree with that. Would you? Because, I mean, watch, well, any, eight, watch number- any 80s movie, yeah. and you don't see, hear rock songs, you're hearing a lot of pop. Watch a 70s movie, you're hearing rock songs. <sighs> He's right. And 90s singles, Mr. B. I know oh, you're a big yes. Cameron Crowe guy. <laughs> sure, love Cameron Crowe. You're judging it all on Cameron Crowe films? You're judging Amy? Is that cool? <laughs> yeah. I'm not judging Amy. That chick is a psycho, by the way. Well, you know, women. Huh? Judge Amy. By the way, I love 
music so much, I don't know if I could get rid of any kind of genre. I mean, we played this as a game, but the thought of getting rid of music would just make me want it more. So the second I said no more stones, right. I would tr- I would be crazy. Right. Well, actually, I thought about this along with uh, my wife and I. Ha- ha- uh, I'll give her a lot of credit. Hold on. You're still married. Yes, I am. Okay, then the rumors are wrong. <laughs> She had an idea that, uh, and we're trying to get this, uh, re- we're going to try and sit down and write this as a screenplay, and we think we have a very big future <laughs> in Oscar, sure. in our future. And she gets the majority of credit, though, in that, imagine if, after an artist died, musician especially, uh, that was it. All his music disappeared with him. So we have Bob Dylan with us, but God forbid Bob Dylan uh, dies, uh, gets hit by a bus tomorrow. Actual Bob Dylan albums and music totally disappear. Right, can, so this is sci-fi. Sci-fi. Sci-fi thriller or sci-fi horror? Sci-fi. <laughs> can I Alter choose reality? an in-between like yeah. her? Like I, the first 15 minutes of her. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'd love to discuss you, her. You see what I'm saying, Mr. B? Yes, so uh, it would be that person is gone, that, and so is their work. It disappears. That's right. It's only your work Your work lasts with your lifetime. That's right. That's exactly right. Now, we're not saying that necessarily the song is going to go away, because I, I think what would be cool is I think there would be an industry of like weird uh, musicians whose job was to capture that song as as perfectly as possible but the but like a hundred years from now like a rolling stone would not sound like like a rolling stone well you'd always keep having 20 year old guys covering it that's trying right. to do impressions like well, it's been 10. And you're <laughs> right. like I'll do it for now <laughs> right. I'm 20 now yeah exactly well this sounds like the worst movie ever <laughs> this is an awesome movie well, what, what happens to your albums <laughs> The albums disappear, very similar to a Back to the Future when okay. he's looking at the photograph. All right, what, what happens like, here? Like, if Bob Dylan did a coma, it starts to fade a little bit, but yeah. not What gone. if I get some CDs, right, and they're packed up, mm. and then I have a lamp on top of those CDs? Does the lamp fall in the flash <laughs> and start a fire? Now, the answer would be yes, but let's not experiment. Let's not, let's not screw around. These questions around. are going to come up, man. Uh, we, we don't need to test the physics of this. Just, just know that they're in place. What well, are you going to call this movie? Oh, this um, will never di- happen. Disappearing music. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you don't think we could do that? No. Just, let's call I it, can write it. Uh, David is chick or smoking pot. Well, one of them is, that's for sure. You love your weed still, huh? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I haven't been um, drinking as much, actually. That's unusual. Yeah. Eastside Dave McDonald sitting in with us today. Uh, at least for a little bit, then I know you got to go talk to the bosses. But you... Uh, um, I don't know what that was. Left. Left. Okay. Uh, you were always a big drinker. Yeah, I enjoyed now, it. Now you don't drink at all? No, I wouldn't say that. But um, I am maybe in the last three or four months, probably three times I went out. Wow. I'm trying to save myself for, for parties like a human being does. So if I go out or like a Ron Fez dinner... Um, <laughs> you sound like a narc right now. Yeah, you sound like a narc. <laughs> Fuck, where, 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 where are you from? Astoria? Yeah, right. Uh, Chris, did you ever see what I did with my bag when I brought it in here today? Don't you put it down that chair. Maybe it's under a coat. I don't know. I'm just enjoying the, the, the uh, medical marijuana that I use from my back. Oh, you got a prescription for that? None of your business about whether I have a prescription or not. But uh, call it medical marijuana. Well... 
We are on uh, national radio here, so well, yeah, international. Even uh, uh, Cuomo is not going to be busting people in New York. Well, yeah, but I'm in Jersey. I don't know what's happening. He's... Sorry. <laughs> Sounds like fucking Superman just showed I apologize. Up. My iPhone, ever yeah. since I switched to the new setting, uh, whatever that's called, uh, iOS 7, it's just totally broken. So even though I have my phone on silent, fucking texts still come through like an old foghorn. It's good. Chris, this really pisses me off about this bag. Is it on the left? On the couch? What's, what's that on the table? Is there something on the table? No. Let's see. We can find this. We can check the other room. That's right. Oh, oh, maybe he put one of those uh, boxes. I don't Shelby. think so. Shelby, no, I mean. The bins over there. Bins? I'm usually good at finding things. If you want. Yeah, it's right here. I'm on the thing. Is this it? No, that's the laptop bag. Oh, laptop? Fuck. That's for Lappy. Uh, it's got to be around somewhere. I know we had to stand out in the hall for a little bit before the show, though. We're yeah. Fucking idiots. Gremlins, you know? Yeah, gremlins, all right. Thieves. I I think uh, it's a it's a movie worth looking into. That's oh all. no, that thing's I've already put it in turnaround. Kickstarter it. I got a much better idea. What's that? All right, is this girl right? Yeah. She falls in love with a werewolf. Okay. But she what she doesn't realize? Yeah. Is she's a vampire. Oh my god. Now, why this is happening, zombies are attacking, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's a mashup it's like of, every, of no, supernatural movies. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, but. Yeah. Why'd you shit on my movie? She's also in like a glee thing where she's singing. <laughs> oh, wow. But don't stop believing. She has a gay friend. You know, that sounds, Chinese that friend. sounds very popular right now. <laughs> yeah. Don't stop believing yeah. by Journey, right? You shouldn't stop. <laughs> you know, I mean, I did stop believing for a little while, but I started again. Well, I mean, I'm not going to uh, just shit on your script. I, I think there's something there, but... The sad thing is there's nothing in your script. Nothing usable. There's nothing? I mean, well, you, you don't have a plot. You have kind of a theme, but the plot would be what? What happens in All this right, world? There's a guy named Alex who uh, is... We, okay, interior of a living room. Right. Alex is sitting, listening to Bob Dylan. Sounds like clockwork. Watching TV. So he's doing a lot, okay? <laughs> he might be checking Facebook, too. And on on Twitter, Bob Dylan's dead. Bob Dylan just died. All of a sudden, oh, shit. As he's listening to Like a Rolling Stone, it fades down. What the fuck? What just happened? People start to... I don't know who these people are, but they tell them the truth. All right, so these people aren't already living in this world where they know music's going to disappear. They get surprised. That's it. Well, that's the, the first scene. Every, every time there's a surprise. I got one quick. <laughs> it's really bad. No, that's the first scene. <laughs> it's terrible. I want my it's money not back. Terrible. Here's we what I would say, though. Let's suppose the case of the doors. Jim Arson dies. We just lose the lead singer. <laughs> Wait, what happened? No, no. Ronnie, to answer your point, as long as Dead's more. And Robbie Krieger is still alive. <laughs> I can't believe Raymond Zarek is dead now oh, that I think God. about it. But as long as Dens Moore and Krieger are still alive, we still keep on rocking, baby. You know what was really weird about uh, Manzarek? Dens Moore was in here. You know, he'd, him and Manzarek were suing each other and stuff like that over stuff. I was like, yeah, but still be friends. Still, you know, you guys have right. this disagreement. But you were in the doors, dude. Yeah. You were in the doors. Yeah. He was like, yeah, no, I still love him. We're just suing each other. <laughs> and then he did get to talk to him before. Well, that's good. You know, but 
Uh, it, I, I agree with you. Just Ray Manzarek is gone. I can't believe it because he always seemed very spry. Um, Densmore, I read his book, uh, Riders on the Storm. And Riders what? on the Storm. He, he's a, I think he's a great drummer. He's so odd, he, right? I think he's very underrated, in fact, because yeah. he's a very unique style. Yeah. But there, there, there was a lot of anger in that Riders on the Storm. He, he, he said multiple times, Jim Morrison is fucking this up for us. But Jim Morrison did fuck it up for them. He was I crazy. I, I'm not disagreeing with, with John. I'm just saying there's a lot. Of, but I love the honesty. Chris, are you texting around to see if they found my bag? I have Shelby looking for it. Shelby's a fucking idiot. Well, I'll tell you. I mean, these are just one of the you know some of the the many ideas that I have. All of them bad too. Eastside Dave well, McDonald, you know him from his podcast, which is called Davy Max Sports Program. Program, yes, it's the number one independent sports show on the internet. No, that's no BS. That was told to us by iTunes. Now, who who are the affiliated ones though? Like ESPN, Fox, yeah. but having the NFL said, Network. NFL Network. God, so you guys are way down. <laughs> no, what, what we're no, saying is great to have that. Yeah, what, what we're saying is so we we were obviously not affiliated with any of those, and out of all the sports shows online, ours is, ours is number one. But here's the deal: get affiliated with someone. I keep telling you that you should be affiliated. Oh well, you the know, money is in being affiliated. Uh, ESPN. If you want to affiliate us, text me. Sell out. <laughs> Seriously, sometimes you come across as a sellout. You know what? Fuck you, ESPN. All right? There you go. You know, ESPN. Like the go attitude. fuck yourself, you're, ESPN. You're going to get ahead. I'm just trying to sit here and mind my P's and Q's. I know. This is when you just had your meltdown Davy Max sports program moment. <laughs> All right, we got to go to break, but it was great to see you, dude. It was fantastic. This, is, this was short as shit. Well, I can't, you know. Uh, but you know what? Thanks for having me, and I'll, I'll, I would love to drop by again. Uh, oh, boy. Everybody go and check out the Davey Max Sports uh. Program on <laughs> iTunes. That's how you, you can do find it. on iTunes, and our, our podcasting network that was uh, spawned by Bob Kelly is uh, riotcast.com. It's got Bob Kelly, uh, Jim Florentine, uh, Nick DePaul. You um, with some heavy hitters. Yeah. And uh, Rich Voss, Bonnie McFarlane. And we're all, we're all together. You're all and, heavy and, hitters. And we are, we, we are beginning to make some money, believe it or not. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. I'm glad I know to Chris hear it. Pepper Stanley doesn't tell you that. No. I, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. He says, Davey Mack makes jack and shit. And he's, he fu he's fucking me in the ass. When I asked but we make, I, I got some money for him today, in fact. Yeah. He right, told me that you it. guys split nickels. <laughs> <laughs> Every quarter, the check comes in. Look at this. I actually went to Chase in order to get some money. That's for you. All right, that's already spent. You, you enjoy that? <laughs> I got to pay uh, the other two guys, Roy and Sean, too. Yeah, Roy and I Sean are what you call each of your nuts. <laughs> you know? I made a strange decision to split everything, 20, uh, 25, 25, 25, 25, because I thought, you know, Jim yeah. Morrison, the doors. Yeah. It's fun when you, you say you're going to do it, but then when you're actually paying them, you're yeah. like, mm. you know, <laughs> why did I make this decision? I'm not saying you. <laughs> say the other guys. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go into a break. It was we'll a lot back. of fun, Ronnie B. Thank uh, you. Uh, you know we love you. And uh, Eastside Dave, McDonald, Eastside Dave. Uh, and his crazy sports program, his crazy sports world, all that you got. I mean, he's the one who came up with bloopers. They even that was that. it. Yeah, I, I I told Len Berman at one point, Len, you got this fucking bloopers thing is huge. 
Look, around the world. <laughs> this guy thought he was catching the ball, but he dropped it. What? Look at this guy bowling. What the? Oh, the bowling ball slipped out of his hand. What the hell? What a dick. <laughs> it's the Ron and Fez show. Ron and Fez. On Raw Dog. Raw Dog. The Ron and Fez Show. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, wanted to talk year-end movies, and our good friend Leslie Coffin is here. Leslie, you see everything, right? I try to. I have to be honest, though. I haven't seen The Hobbit yet. No, oh, I don't blame <laughs> you. I don't blame you. It I know is... some people love that. Do you, do you love those kind of movies? No. I mean, I have to be honest. I saw... The first three kind of in college with a bunch of people who were obsessed with them, and I never yeah. got them. And then I saw the first one, the first Hobbit, at a screening, and I was sort of like, I don't think I want to see these anymore. <laughs> and there are people who love the Hobbit, so I'm like... I think there was people that agreed with you. Yeah. <laughs> But there are people who love those movies, so but they are the they ones to review them. I mean, this ho- this second Hobbit didn't have nearly the buzz, or I don't think the box office. What's the box office on it right now? I'm, it was the number one over Christmas, and it's doing solid business, but I don't think it's as doing as well as the first one did. Uh, I it will, got better reviews. I so. will I will check with someone who knows quite a, a bit about Hobbits. Jermaine Lassier from Slash Film. How are you, G-Baby? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Do you hear these guys running down the Hobbit before you get on the air? I know. What is, what is this? Come on. You know I love little elves and stuff. Do you... Uh, <laughs> the show... That, that film's a big success, isn't it? A huge success. But they are right. The, the first movie did make about... $70 million more, so uh, the butt factor definitely factored in this time. Uh, G-Baby, you have done your um, slash film top 10. He also does a thing of the top 10 movies that he's most looking forward to in the coming year, and I will give Jermaine Lassier big credit for this. He also goes back and looks at last year's and figures out how many things that he was looking forward to sucked ass. <laughs> Is that always crush you, G-Baby? Uh, it, sometimes. I mean, it crushes me more in the theater when I'm really excited for a movie like you know, Elysium, and I walk out and be like, oof, that was just painful. I agree with Jermaine. That was terrible. <laughs> that movie was horrible. Um, I did see it on, um, on pay-per-view, finally. Yeah. I'm worried about myself. I'm seeing more and more things on pay-per-view. I'm re- that's really disturbing to me, but it's really hard for me to get up for film. I, I just decided this year that maybe I'm finally falling out of love with film after this long love affair that I've had. That Alright, I'll be a December film watcher, uh-huh. but even now, I feel like uh, I'm less excited to go even to see good movies than I used to be. I think this year was an interesting year because there were a lot of really solid movies in December and in November, October. Mm-hmm. But I think in general, a lot of people felt like it was just a lackluster year. 
Now, do you feel that way, uh, G-Baby? Uh, I don't really. I, I, think, I think it's definitely backloaded, but I think it always is. There's a lot of movies that came out throughout the year that sort of punctuated and were great. You know, like a, a Spring Breakers came out earlier. This is the end. I thought it was great. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, I, I, I'm, I'm stunned that you would say that was a great movie. And maybe because I lived in that town, and it's nothing <laughs> like that. It's the sleepiest little town ever, and they act like um, that it's Compton on the beach. Well, during spring break. But I thought it was just so no, there is no spring break <laughs> scene there, dude. No one goes to St. Pete's. St. Pete's, y'all, for spring break. Literally no one. Spring break forever. Yeah, there, it is not a spring break scene. It's not Fort Lauderdale. It's not Daytona, which, by the way, also drove spring breaks out of their towns. Uh, maybe you can go up in the panhandle, but there is nothing in St. Pete like they described in that movie. There's a winter break and that's usually an old person's hip. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> With Spring Breakers, I know a lot of people who are devoted to Harmony Corinne and they were they thought it was the his attempt to be popular. Right. And so y- you get a weird thing where people who loved Spring Breakers are not people who are going to like Harmony Corinne movies. And a majority of people don't like Spring Breakers because it was, well, some people found it kind of boring. I found it kind of annoying. So You weren't a fan of it. I wasn't. Um, I, it didn't make my worst of list <laughs> because I don't think I felt strong enough. I was yeah. just more or less bored by it. Leslie, who do you write for when you um, put together? Because you do it with a team of people, I do. Right? I yeah. do. I write for a UK press, and I'm one of the uh, United States reviewers called Filmoria, which is fun because we get them in different time periods. So some people only saw the movies that were coming out in December mm-hmm. at the beginning of the spring. So... Zero Dark Thirty, they loved, and it made it onto their list, even though I saw it uh, last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Those idiots over there. <laughs> and Jermaine, you write for the American version of Slash Film. Yes, correct. Uh, and and I I see that we have a third critic from Parts Unknown, Paul O. Oh, boo. Paul O. Paul O, your life's a movie. Hi. Uh, Hi. Paul O, your life's a bubby. How are you? Hi, you are you. It's Oscars season's coming up. It's Golden Globes mm. weekend. Yeah, uh, Golden Globes are going to be uh, Sunday. But let's go. Let's work off Jermaine's uh, list. And you said this was a good year for you, Jermaine. Yeah, I think so. I think I came up with twenty movies I really liked, ten in particular, and I could have went to twenty-five, thirty movies that I champion. After that, it's sort of you know just. Okay, but yeah, I think it was a strong year. Not like it wasn't 1999, it wasn't 2008, but it was right up there. Um, and you, and you, like you said, I'm looking here. Most of your movies came in at the end. I'm going to give a surprise. I'm just going to jump around his list in the, a little bit. A surprise for him, number five. This is the end. Wow. This is the end. More than the Simon Pegg film. <laughs> More than the Simon Pegg film. I would have. I. I liked um, both of them, but I yeah. think I would have put in the Simon Pegg film before I put in This Is The End. 
Uh, I'm going to actually, believe it or not, agree with Jermaine Lassier and say that wow. this is the end was a goddamn laugh fest. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I w- went into it thinking, I hope it's good. And then spent the entire time going, I wonder if this can hold up. <laughs> like I was laughing, but saying, can this pace keep? And I was, I, I, I thought it was shockingly funny. The stuff that, I, I mean, I, the stuff that Dave McBride did was just amazing. Um, but all of them. Uh, Paulo, what did you think of it? I think both of the films, both World's End and This is the End, are fun movies, but they're not really going to make a top 10 or a top 20, in my opinion. Well, I think it's a tough thing to pull off that movie, and I would believe, I would agree with Jermaine uh, that it's a top 10 film. Why did you think it was, Jermaine? Well, I think if you look at, like, it was a summer comedy, right? And if you look at normally summer movies, they're, they're big blockbusters, they're sequels, they're this. This is the End is wholly original. And not only that, it, it really pushes the envelope in the terms of immunity and violence and language, and it also has like this like religious undertone to it. Not really an undertone; it's really pretty part overtones. Of it. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's really it's just so, it was so different from the normal Hollywood fare. Plus, yeah, it's hilarious. And uh, you just when a movie's that original, that out there, such a swing for the fences, uh, you gotta acknowledge it. I I agree with him. I agree with him that this could have been an easy strikeout. And if that film fell apart anywhere, you would have ended up discarding all the great laughs that you had and said this sucked. But there were things that were happening in the last five minutes of that movie that had me laughing as hard as stuff in the first five, ten minutes of this movie. I thought I thought it was bizarre and oddly brave, although I thought Seth Rogen took it easy on himself. <laughs> well, he was correct, <laughs> too. <laughs> I think, actually, this has been a very, very good year, and that's why it's hard to pick a top ten. Or well, we're not talking about that. We're talking about this first. Can I, can I ask a question, yeah. though, to Paula, why a movie like that, which I think it did accomplish its goals, wouldn't deserve to be on a top ten list. Because Paula's a, a moron. No, but because broad comedies don't normally all, make top ten lists. I mean, I, w- I was shocked that I thought John Dies at the End was a great movie this year, and it's ridiculous and big, and it doesn't use a lot of CG, but I liked the energy of the movie, and I thought it was a good movie, but I know a lot of people who are like, this is ridiculous, it's sci-fi fantasy but it surprised me it was this it was probably the movie i was most surprised by this year well john dies at the end is a fun movie and all of these are genre pictures that have merit on that uh, in that level i mean this this is the end and 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 john dies at the end and and world's end these are all movies that are very fun and funny and but they don't really rise to the level of some of the great things we've had this year well, Ron, I think uh, the problem here is that uh, Paulo makes his list for the critics and other critics. He doesn't look at like personal movies and things that he likes. He wants to line up with. But the that's end. bullshit. I like the ones <laughs> that I like. The ones that are in my top ten, I really. I, apparently, you don't. You just want the other critics to like you. Crap. Um, <laughs> that's true. All right, now I'm going to pick. Now I'm going to want to. I'm going to pick one for Jermaine that he actually put lower than I would. And you know what that probably is, Jermaine. I'm going to say her. You're exactly right. That film kind of haunted me. You brought it in at number nine, but I have to say, I'm still thinking about that film. I think uh, I made a top 20 list just to kind of get an idea of where things were rating. Mm -hmm. And when I first saw it, it was probably maybe 18. I think it's gone to about 
15 for my list. Really? Um, there are still problems with it. <laughs> and I think people Who? are kind of ignoring them. Well, I wouldn't... Um, I, would, I, I don't want you to do any spoilers. Yeah. But I will say this. I like the movie for different reasons than I thought that most of the reviewers mm -hmm. liked it for. Why, why did you like the, uh, the film, Jameer? Uh, I really, I really thought. Uh, besides the setting and the sci-fi stuff, like it, it made me think about you know what it means to be in a relationship, like specifically, and what is our capacity to love. And these are like, they were like the things I hadn't really ever thought about before. You know, like you love somebody this much and you love somebody else this much, and what does that mean? And to get that in like a sci-fi movie that's not really sci-fi was just so great. I mean, and the reason that it's nine and not two, like Paul O. Because I thought that Jones tried to do so much with the movie that he's like 85% successful with it. It's almost too much to think about walking out. Uh, and that's well, sort of I don't agree with that. Certainly, I don't okay. think a film can give you too much to think about. I think the fact that it has so much to think about and it's presented in layers and you can, uh, you can enjoy it on one level, on one layer, and then a, 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 at a different time enjoy it on another layer. And I think it does have many more themes than we can talk about in, a, in, a, in an hour. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, without doing any spoils, Leslie, give us something you thought they missed, Don, you said. I, it's funny that it's two guys talking about it mm -hmm. um, because there is an element of the way men want mommy or female approval. Right. And it seems to be peppered throughout the movie, but Spike Jones never really addresses it. And he has the Amy Adams character who is hinting at it, and the Rooney Mara character who's hinting at those aspects. Right. And she has a great speech in the movie, but they just don't go to the point where I felt it needed to for that character. See, you guys all thought it was about relationship. I thought it was sci-fi horror. <laughs> I was fucking horrified. I'm like, not only, like, I was actually thinking to myself, this could happen tomorrow. And everyone I know who runs out and gets apps and the first person to get a phone, they would fucking do this without thinking about it. You know what I mean? They would jump on this. And I was I, just I screaming, could someone in the movie yell that this is a bad idea? But we yeah. were already too far gone. Mm -hmm. By the way, I found the, I think, all the I men to be so weak and effeminate, they made me nuts. Well, one of the questions that I had for people, and I've been like dying to talk about it, was, yeah. she is supposed to be a brilliant character. Right. She, and she's laughing at all the things that are not really that funny. She's making... Joaquin Phoenix feel good about himself, get like a little boost of confidence all the time. But that's the way she started. Right. But is she actually entertained by this person or is she created to give approval? Because th they're working against us. We know this from every <laughs> sci-fi movie ever. This is why I love this. This was real sci-fi paranoia right. instead of sci-fi action. And if I, if I can say, her character was a very advanced character to begin with, but it was still assimilating. And it was advancing. And, and we were getting to the stage where we don't even know where she's going to wind up. Yeah, that's what I was. I was like, this is going to turn bad tomorrow. No one else would fucking see it for that. They're taking over. A more technical question is, I thought it was personally a mistake to cast Scarlett Johansson. 
Because we know her? No, because you have an instant image of her. Right. And part of the joke is this thing of he doesn't have an image of this right. woman. So he's creating an image, and then there's a surrogate element. Whereas you always have the image that she is not only Scarlett Johansson, well, but she is the perfect woman. Yeah. Well, it was originally done with Samantha Morton, and then they dumped her. Which might have been a better decision. I think that I think, I think that they made the decision of they wanted the audience to think I I could I would do this too because I want to be with her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I do think I do think they did it for that reason. Yeah, uh, I think I think the Scarlett Johansson thing is, is specifically because of that reason because you think of this beautiful woman and because she is being formed in his every whim and fancy. She's artificially intelligent because of everything that he's doing at the beginning. So. I think, uh, yeah, that's just another one of the interesting aspects about it. All right, I'm going to jump ahead in Jermaine's list. By the way, you can check this out at SlashFilm.com. Not only does he give his top ten films, but he gives up the films that he's most looking forward to in 2014. And by the way, I hadn't even heard of all these movies. Uh, Let's go to number three on your list. It's number one on the Oscar race odds, but Armin White calls it torture porn, and that is 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, I'm guessing this is a movie that's high on Paul O's list as well, um, just because... Strangely enough, it's not in the top. It's it's only in the fifth one. Uh, Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you talk about a movie that it's hard to watch, but also effective and lyrical, and the Queen's movie here is all those things. I think, it's a movie I don't think I'd watch again, just because it was pretty violent and pretty effective, but I think it's a movie that people deserve to see, and it takes a very huge idea and focuses it into this one specific story as a microcosm in a really great way. This actually turned me against slavery. This is the <laughs> film that finally turned me around on slavery. Finally. I don't like it now. Good. I see. I see how bad it is. Uh, Leslie, did you love it? I didn't love it. Yeah. I liked it. Um, you liked it. It was... I mean, it's hard to say that you like a movie like that because it is so hard to watch. Right. You feel Just bad. cheering at the end. You feel really bad at watching it. Um... I don't know. It well, wasn't a movie, though, that had a personal effect on me as much as I wanted it to. And you feel terrible and you feel like this is an atrocity. But at the same time, you almost feel like you want the movie to go a little bit further to see what happened to him. Because there's hints at what he really did about abolition. Mm. And I wish that they would have addressed that. But I liked it. It's a solid, well-made movie with excellent, excellent acting in it. I will actually say this about uh, Stephen McQueen. A, you should change your name. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's like me going over to England and saying I'm Elton John. People would be mad at me. Uh, but two, he's a doorman and he's a garbage man. <laughs> and I back Armin White a million percent on that. Why does Armin White keep going to these dinners? Because he's got every right to, yeah. baby. That's right, and I wish he would put on a ball gown and do it. I love him. The food's so good. Uh, and Jermaine, you know you read everything Armin White puts out. Well, yeah, but did you hear that he went on our, uh, the, not the sheet plug here, he went on the Slash Your Own podcast and said that the heckling did not happen and flatly denied everything and said that it's a smear campaign that everybody's ganging up against him. They do gang up on him, and I've seen it. At least he, yeah, told, no, me, he told me it happened, so I believe him. Right. Um, all right, let's go. This was, let's see if you can guess on your list 
uh, Jermaine, that was Chris Stanley's favorite film of the year? Uh, I believe, if I listen to the show enough, it's number two, Inside Llewellyn Davis. Lewin Davis, not Llewellyn. Get it right. Get it right. That's a woman. That's here, right? a woman. Llewellyn, get in here. Llewellyn's in No Country for Old Men. Why, by the way, why, Fezzi, when a southern name comes up, do we all feel like we could yell for her to come in here? It's when everyone does like that southern name, they always say, come in here. The southern people are always outside. Um, uh you loved it, Chris Stanley, and I'll ask you first why it's your favorite movie of the year. Uh, it's, it, it, it shows just how masterful the Coen brothers are, and it's this character study of Oscar Isaac's Lewin Davis, of showing a dude who we don't know if he, he's ever going to make it or if he should, and maybe he's a scumbag, maybe he's a good guy. I, I just thought it was, it was so... Don't you feel brilliant. like the film should tell you some of those things? I think we'll figure it out for ourselves. Well, have, did, have you figured it out? I'm still thinking about it. Well, see, that's <laughs> that's the problem there. I was, I left it a little annoyed, mm-hmm. and then I thought about it, and I literally rewrote a review, and then I thought about it a little bit more. And now I'm like, I have to see this movie again because I feel like I missed things, and I was annoyed by one particular p- moment in the movie and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way but mm-hmm. I think it's gone gradually to the point where now I like love it and I was okay with it then I liked it now I love it which is very weird it's a weird feeling to have not as strong a reaction I, I think I think it's one of the best sleepy winter movies I've ever seen in terms of that how you can get into that dreamy where you feel like you're falling asleep all the time good Chicago winter too. yeah and that's how I felt when I was when I was on my way to the theater and then I really stayed in a really weird days watching it why did you put it as number two Jermaine well, I thought, you know, when I first heard about the movie, I, I didn't really want to see like an hour and a half of like people singing folk songs, but it's so much, it, 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 that's just such a, a not even a major part of it, where you, you, the Coen brothers make like a funny, quirky movie that's about how we might never, ever achieve our dreams and how our life, uh, you know, may, might not serve any purpose, and you have to sort of deal with that. And it's just, and, and as good as it is all the way through, it then, you know, hits you with this little thing at the end that you're just like, oh, my God, these guys, like, they're writing. And just every little performance that comes in here and there. I actually saw it again last night, so I'm extra embarrassed for pronouncing well, the Well, the way the but, film uh, looks, too. I mean, it's just beautiful. so stunning how you know that they just took that uh, Bob Dylan album cover <laughs> and turned it into a movie. Anyone who's ever looked at that album cover always thought to themselves, man, I'd like to be right at that spot, you know? And then you're you're sitting in a whole movie about this. Uh, go ahead. Chris and I had two completely different reactions, though, because I love the Upper West Side couple. Yeah. And I know you Awful. hated them. They're just, they're just the worst people who just collect weirdos to show them off. But, but what's wrong with the, that? But they're their family. They're the parents of these little ragamuffins. No, they're not. But this is what people would do for, like, let's say, a painter. You would not be surprised by that at all. And these guys have nowhere. They're getting no money, and these are kind of their benefactors. And I don't even think it's a I don't think it's a financial thing that he has that relationship with them when he, I don't want to spoil anything, but But the last scenes with them, I was heartbroken because I was like he is, I do take the theory that he is the cat. He is a nutty, 
annoying, passive-aggressive person, right. and they will put up with it because they love him. The right. same way that cats are little assholes. Right. Who, who, I have a Llewellyn David's cat, little orange thing. Look at what he did to me last I, night. I think Leslie actually teared up during this <laughs> thing here today. But I, I don't understand the hatred of those people. Parents, because whatever they, they, I think they dropped this. They dropped Lewin Davis is like in no time for the next new thing coming through New York City. When did they drop him though? They, they, they were they still would. with him. They, I know they start. Well, they were still with him, but the next hot thing that comes well, up wouldn't that be true of, of the public were, as well? Very nice. People. Yes, but <laughs> yes. why are you going nuts over there? <laughs> First of all. The Coen Brothers and Alexander Payne, both some of our very best filmmakers, put out two depressing movies that, and they made the challenge to themselves was to bring as much humor out of these very depressing. I, I, I'm going to go in another direction here. I'm going to say I didn't find it that depressing. And if you had the opportunity to be living in Greenwich Village and playing fucking folk music at the gaslight and Bob Dylan's walking by, I would consider that a fortunate, interesting person. Whether you happen to have made a million dollars and gotten the accolades of fucking people, I would have liked to have just been there. Period for one moment in my life. So this whole thing that somehow this corporate thing of only if you make money are you successful is the exact opposite of folk music. All the people who wrote that music weren't successful. I don't find it depressing. I, I didn't find it depressing, and I think I find it even less depressed. I think I find it more hopeful now than when I saw it. But I also don't think I it's don't. that much about failure. I think it's about this survival instinct, and he goes through a period where he's about to give up, and will he or will he not give up? But I also thought it had to do with, was he really of service to that music, or was he just fucking using it? But there was also an amazing thing, where the only time that he was kind of likable is when he was singing, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. that was the only time that you kind of saw that part of him, which is true of a lot of artists. Mm -hmm. Again, it's, it's, it's more brilliant than I was even I, given a credit for. I see him as kind of a Solari ca character, like an Amadeus. He's somebody who, who has talent. I think just the opposite. He didn't fucking recognize Dylan walking by. <laughs> he didn't fucking give the woman who was actually authentic any respect. Yeah, that is the point that I really hated him. I was so angry at him because he is not appreciative of other artists. Not even other oh, artists. The actual angry. art form itself. And I feel like the art form kicked his ass. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think that you're not authentic. Alright, I want to go to, because i got to go to break here. Jermaine's list, by the way, you can check this out on SlashFilm.com. Number one for you, Jermaine. Short Term 12. Yay! Do you like that film? <laughs> I, it was my number three, I think, of the year. I thought it was fantastic. And what was your number one? Nebraska. Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Short Term 12 is fantastic, they, Jermaine. Nebraska finished Thanks. really low, though, in the AP and the coaches poll. Nebraska <laughs> seems like it's not getting any heat whatsoever now. Odd, isn't it? Like, I it is. I mean, is it, it came playing out anywhere? <laughs> I see more commercials for it. Yeah. Yeah, but they have to understand the option. Demographic is going to be very different than a lot of these others. Uh, what was it, Jermaine, that you loved about Short Term 12? I know you brought this up to me, I think, last spring, right? 
Yeah, I saw it in March, and it just stuck there. It's just it's the quintessential movie where it just has every single emotion in it. It makes you feel really good. It makes you feel really bad. It makes you feel everything, and it's just done in such a perfect flow with such great realistic performances uh, that it's just it's just one of those special movies that's small. You discover, and you can't believe that it even works so perfectly by somebody who's only made like one film before. It's 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 magical. But I thought it's depressing. It's depressing. A little bit. But it's not... It doesn't end depressing. I wouldn't watch it because they, they hurt kids in it, right? Well, it's about children who have been hurt, yeah, who like are that. trying to find... I still haven't gotten over. I, I read the Bad Dads List contest, that we, and I've been oh. depressed for 24 hours. <laughs> Seriously, I'm people. so depressed. That did make me really depressed when you started talking about that. Well, the, you know, I, like, I can put up with Chris having a bad dad, <laughs> but I can't put up with girls having a bad dad. It just, it just crushes me. But I think what Jermaine said about the flow is really what kind of keeps the movie from being so depressing that you... Did, did you cry? Oh, yes. Jermaine, did you cry? I cried, yeah. I don't want to see this. <laughs> I don't want to start crying. You know, you know that there's films that can break your heart, and this it's, busted you it up. It is. It is. I did an interview with the director, and he is just so right on about what the movie is about on a bigger level because it is about foster care but it's also about these people who have had such terrible lives and part of the healing process is talking about it that she just has to get over the hump of not wanting to talk about it um all right guys uh, Jermaine if you want to check out his list it's over at uh, slashfilm.com Jermaine Lassier. Uh Paulo you put yours up on the unfiltered on the iBang right? Right. And Leslie where can we uh, read the list that you were part of? Filmoria UK. Alright thank you guys so much for being in here today talk to you again <laughs> next time alright? Thanks buddy. You like the movie Paulo? Thank you. Talk to you after, talk to you after the Globes Paulo. Thank you. Uh, Fez, maybe you even ought to do a Golden Globe um, Sunday night on the iBang with Polo with you. Oh, I would do that. Yeah, I'll host. Polo can comment. Why don't you both co-host? Yeah, and I don't like, know if that's going to work. We're not going to... Yeah, we got to have a co-host situation. Co-host with Paul. It's, it'll be fun. What is the problem? What is, how would anyone even be able to tell the difference who's co-hosting and who's commenting? <laughs> text. Because then Paul O will act like he's the actual host of it. He's I will host it on Sunday. I would love to. Just forget doing it. I want a co-host thing. Has, Why does everything have to turn mean and sad? I don't know. It's but like have, you seen any, have you seen any it movies is. that were being nominated? He saw oh. one movie this year. Yeah, just one. Which Man one? of Steel. <laughs> and it was awful, Leslie. I loved I it. Did you really? Oh, okay. <laughs> but but then bad. wouldn't it be helpful to have Paulo uh, available to kind of give a little feedback about what the movies are about? Paulo can assist me Sunday night. You're not doing it Sunday night. It's done. <laughs> this thing is not happening now. Um, I would have seen her, but the grammar was throwing me off. People would say her is great, and I'm no, no, she is great. I think, I think you would like Nebraska. As a state? As a movie. I'll see it. I don't know if I have time before Sunday nights it's get pl- together. It's playing uh, all over New York City right now. 
I haven't, heard one, lo- I haven't heard a lot here. You're in the one city where you can see all these movies. <laughs> I know uh, Will Forte was supposed to come by and he didn't. No. And I'm like, he must not be that proud of it. That was his problem. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's not as good as my Saturday Night Live work. Slaves <laughs> slaves and win everything. What's even matter? I did um, interview him for the movie yeah. that he has coming out in January. Really? And it's not even dramedy. It's a drama. Really? Yeah, and he's really good in it. He's turned his back yeah. on... Um... He has serious beard in it. Wow. <laughs> It's and an then, Irish movie. I bet when he was younger, the kids used to call him Will Farty. I just know it happened to him. It'd still be called that. I know it did. Had All to. right, thank you so much for stopping by, thank Leslie. You. You're the best. You guys are awesome. Congratulations uh, on the uh, new studio. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, we'll be right back and wrap this up. It's a Run Fez show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Ron and Fez on Ron Dog. It's the Ron and Fez show. I'm trying to get used to the speed the show goes by now. It goes by like a bullet. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Thanks to our guests that were just in here. The uh, Leslie is always sweet. And Fez, she gave us a bunch of stuff to fight colds and a probiotic for Chris Stanley because she says she really worries about you, Chris. I'm like a rock. But Dude, I'll some anyone who listens to this show thinks that you are going to die. And something weird happened when you were trying to make a point in here where you knocked your headphones around your head, jumped up and yelled, and it was... Did you see when he did it? Yeah, it was very whirling dervish and unnerving to everybody. I, it reminded me of a scene from a movie called Falling Down. Where the lead character just got completely weird out of nowhere. Oh, no. Do not shoot up a fast food restaurant, please. Shelby loves to come in and put that boot to Chris Stanley. Shelby Lynn. Uh, Chris has a uh, question about Shelby. Go ahead, Chris. You're on the Run of Fest show. Yeah, but it's Ronnie B. Sound like a million bucks. My Thank you, my friend. Was, uh, is, uh, can Fezzy legally fuck Shelby now that he's an actual employee and not an intern? Um. You know, I hadn't given that any thought. Now, do we have the kind of company that you have to say if you're dating one another? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes, we do. Yeah. If you well, you start... might want to notify HR department then. Yeah. I think he, since he's my superior, though, it would not be allowed, unfortunately. Well, unless you signed off on it. It would be allowed. We would just have to go to HR together, hand in hand, and let them know what the situation was. But here's the other weird thing. Suppose a supervisor hit on a subordinate... The subordinate turns them down. Couldn't that still be seen as some kind of sexual? I don't want to say bullying, but you know it's tough to turn down somebody above you. Yeah. I had no idea we were one of those companies that you have to sign up together to date. Yeah, yeah we've, no. we've had couples here that have had to go to HR to have that meeting. Name one. I don't know. I didn't even know we had couples here. E Rock and the beautiful A Rock. But they were together before here, right? Um, they were, but they still had to go and report it and let them know they were getting married. What? I believe that was the story. Whoa. It's like work, working for Stalin. <laughs> serious thought police. All right, who else is a couple here? 
Um, you can start and be the Sirius XM <laughs> gossip guy. I'm not sure who else falls under that category. That was my prime example. That's a good one. I don't count that because they were a couple before mm -hmm. they came here. I don't think anyone's ever met. Oh, wait. No, because that person left. Zito's girlfriend worked here. Oh, yeah. And right. then, but they didn't hook up until after she left. I thought Liam and Zito had to declare something. You know what? I like homosexual <laughs> jokes as much as anyone, but I just found out recently that, Fez, you have a friend who's homosexual? I'm homosexual. It's weird. I've never I seen you with know. a dude. Oh. I'm the friend. We'll see. Nutty. Nutty. Uh, you were supposed to, during the film guys, bring up your film uh, attitude, and we forgot all about it. You put a five up, um, basically sta stating how hard it is to for to make a comedy or a drama, right? Yeah, especially for a, not a comedic actor to then just jump into a comedic role and think that, hey, this is going to go gangbusters. Um, do you think that dramatic actors can do comedic roles? They can, but they actually have to put a lot into it and not just choose like a random comedy and be surprised when it just gets giant pans by did you all the critics. Did you see this, the Spoils of Babylon that was on IFC, I think, uh, Funny or Die is promoting it? I heard all about it. I didn't get a chance to see it yet. Though. Uh, Tim Robbins was playing a he was playing a comedic role but he was playing it like a dramatic actor yeah i was fucking dying and val kilmer did the same exact thing so i think if you play the role properly and it's written funny you'll nail it i think a lot of these times these movies that you pick are not nobody could make them work like you couldn't put bill murray or steve martin in them and make them work i think that they could not maybe not make them work, but they would definitely make them a lot better. By the way, I think I took way too much vitamin C when I took this airborne. Oh, really? I just feel like the vitamin C thing is just. I feel like my fingers are now tingling with vitamin C. I think. Did you just take it? What are you saying? I think you're supposed to dissolve it. Oh Jesus Christ! No, it says chewable. Oh, it is okay. <laughs> I got nervous. Um. This is a probiotic party, too, right? You've got probiotics because you make her very, very nervous. All right, what are some of your films that dramatic actors couldn't pull off? Well, for example, a Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone in Stop or My Mom Will Shoot in 1992. Uh, Roger Ebert, he called it the worst movie he's ever seen. All right, but first of all, I will agree mm -hmm. that it's pretty bad. But do you think Steve Martin could have made that movie work? Yeah, I think that he and he could play it off as like this is like a funny thing. Sylvester Stallone, he just plays it so bizarrely in this movie. It almost seems like a horror film with this Delgetti as his mom. Now, now I want to go back and watch it. I know I've seen parts of it before, but I can't really recall it. Uh, but I don't know if you can take a bad movie and just say, "Oh, I'll put a funny person in there," and it won't work because. Think how many times you watched a Robin Williams movie, a Steve Martin movie, and they just weren't funny. Um, you can watch a Will Ferrell movie, it isn't funny because it just wasn't a good movie that time. I think, but he can take a bad script like Ferrell and make it better. Like, I think that Land of the Lost remake would have been way worse if they had chose someone else other than Ferrell. I don't know how that movie could have been worse. No matter, do you ever see it, Fez? I never saw this. I have a theory 
that you really can't do um, comedy and effects together. I know Ghostbusters, but it's a hard thing to pull off. Well, a lot of these actors, they're doing it in a lead role. Like Bruce Willis, he's great in some of his smaller like supporting roles. Like He has Tracy Morgan backing him up in Cop Out, and then he's great in You the, thought he was great in Cop Out? Well, it's not just a terrible film with him in it. Out some of the other ones, like Brett. That's the director of the film. If you thought Bruce Willis was great in that, but he doesn't just ruin it like a lot of these other films. And like, uh, <laughs> and then he's in uh, that. He's in Wes Anderson. His last film, that one. Yeah. He's like he can do a great like straight man if he's not having all the jokes just piled on his back, which you know he doesn't have a lot of the comedic timing and things that you really need to make these things funny like Will Forte he can transition into the movie Nebraska and play this like serious role but could somebody else go and do that weird role he did on 30 Rock where he's dressing up as a woman and not just have the joke be oh he's a man wearing a dress but like the actual little things he's doing right, I gotta interrupt you because Jenny Hutt said that Pete Dominic's producer Alfred is marrying her old producer, uh, Holly, and they met here at the place. And they refuse to tell anybody that they're even dating. And by the way, I love Holly. She's the best. I would steal her in a heartbeat. Holly's great. Alfred is really, really nice. They're going to have to report it. I don't think I know Alfred. Do I know him? Uh, you would probably know him if you saw him. I'll tell you, I'm with a lot of people. I will tell you, I saw two producers doing something so funny the other day that I cannot even tell it on the air <laughs> because they would be fired for what they were doing. But I've never had producers make me laugh out loud, and they did. Um, here's George. George, you're on the Run of Fed show. Hey, what's up, buddy? Sound like a million bucks, Ronnie B. Hey, hey um, Bruce Willis and Hudson Hawk. It's a fucking funny movie. I'm, uh, you know, a lot of people hate Hudson Hawk. I'm a fan of the movie, and I'm a fan of Bruce in that movie, too. Um, Scott, you're on the Run of Fez show. I think the script drives whether it's funny or not, because Will Ferrell and Steve Carell and Anchorman 2 sucked. I left with a headache. I thought Steve Carell was the funniest part of that movie. Did so. you love the movie? Horrible. All he did was scream and yell the entire time. It was, it was absolutely horrible. Absolutely. Uh, here's Joe in Utah. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, I want to ask Chris, did he take that probiotic yet? Not yet. Planning on it, though. All right. It's going to give you really strong, powerful gas for at least 24 hours. How's that different from every other day of his life? <laughs> I have gas problems already. It'll be fine. It's par for the course. Do you think that you and Shelby could become the new Alfred and Holly of this place? Oh, sure. But, I mean, we would do it by the book. We'd go and report it hand in hand. No, I'm not reporting anything. Secret I was lovers. just telling Tim, swear to God today, that we should steal Holly for our side. For our teams. Holly is great. Yeah, I know she is. Oh, by the way, is that uh, a thing going on right now? That big movie star down the hall? I think it's about to start. I want to make sure I get a good gander at her. Because she's a sex symbol. 
We should make people... All right, let's give out a prize right now. Um, and we'll just go to the dating site and see if people can guess who she is by the people that she's dated, Fez. Okay. Uh, let me try to think. Um, and by the way, uh, I was trying to think. Sean Patton, dramatic actor, did one of the funniest um, roles of all time. Yeah, there's some that can really pull it off, but others that just maybe overstep their bounds and just starring in a random comedy. I don't know. I think you'd have to be more specific to go and grab somebody who, under no circumstances, could that person ever be funny. And I just feel like... um, if you are a good actor, you you can pull it off. What do you think, Fez? Yeah, I think I definitely think that it's able to be pulled off. It's just also I think the attitude that it goes into with. I don't know what that means. If you're going in there thinking this is comedy or this is drama, so I have to be overly funny or I have to be overly dramatic, I think it reflects on the director as much as anyone and what the, and what they're getting. Okay. Um, all right, let's see if we can come up with all the people that this person has dated. And we'll give it. And this is, I'm just going to go by a dating website. So what do we got to give out, Fez? Uh, we have Gina Gershon, P.S. I love you. All right, this is strong. So listen to this list. I'm going to li- read off every name on this list. Um, Vince Neal, Matt Dillon, Ed Norton as a rumor. Jarrett Leto, Robbie Williams as a rumor, Justin Timberlake, Jude Law as a rumor, uh, Tyrese Gibson, Kelly Slater, Brian Cooper as a rumor, Gerard Butler as a rumor, Keanu Reeves, Adam Levine, Elon Musk, and Alex Rodriguez. Damn. One person, one person that at least included, according to this dating site, dated all those dudes. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. We only bring it up because um, she's down the hall right now doing a town hall. Now, I was over at the... I don't think it was one of the museums. Oh, Metropolitan Museum. And saw this woman just walking around the museum. Stunning. Stunning in real life. All right, I'm going to go to the phones now. You can hear that game show music playing. Uh, Hi, you're on the Run of Fez show. Lost you. Hi, you're on the Run of Fez show. Do you have a guess? Hi, Run of Fez. You got a guess? Try this one. Hi, you're on the Run of Fez show. Do you have a guess? Yeah, uh, Cameron Diaz. Oh, boom. First caller. All right. Where are you calling from, dude? Savannah, Georgia. Now, how did you know? Because I wouldn't have been able to know from all that. 
I think some of those had been in movies with her, and and uh, yeah, Matt Dillon was kind of the tip off. Uh, remember when she was uh, feeding a Rod popcorn and everybody freaked out like it was the worst thing that ever happened? Yeah, that's what that's the clue that I got a Rod. Like I knew that was <laughs> like she was in a park with him with his shirt off like the day of a game. I was like, why does everyone bitch at the guy? He needs to be perfect and hit a home run every time. Oh yeah, before she came along. She ruined that poor man. She was the one who got into the steroid shit. Okay. That's what I heard. I'm going to walk down the hall and tell her what you two <laughs> bastards are saying. That's it for us. Uh, appreciate it. We're on our way out. The Filtered Excellence is on the Interrobang.com. Great stuff there. Shameless is back this weekend with Bill Macy. The Gallaghers are probably as low as they've been with Frank in trouble with his liver. Also, there is Give the People What They Want, Sharon Jones and the Dap King's new album. That got put off when she got sick. So that CD has finally been released. A new book, Give the People What They Want. Uh, no, that's Furious Cool, Richard Pryor and the World That Made Him by David and Joe Henry. All about Richard Pryor growing up. I like to read that myself. All right, that's it for us. It's up on the Filtered Excellence on the iBank. We're back here on Monday. First week done, everybody. First week done here on the uh, Raw Dog Channel. Um, remember, go over to the iBang and sign up for the Unmasked with David Steinberg, the great David Steinberg uh, documentary out about him. This should be interesting. This is actually um, one of the real brilliant comedy minds of our time. He's worked in so many different parts of uh, comedy. Um, that's it for us. See you guys back here on Monday. And that's the end of my show, Donk. Satellite of love. Satellite of love. Satellite of love. Satellite of Satellite. was brought to you by Afro and Friends. You can get other high-quality Opie and Anthony-related audio from the website afroandfriends.blogspot.com.